and welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast where we reflect and dissect the movies of the past 10 years. I'm your host, Jack Draper, and with me is my co-host, who is getting out the easels and paintbrushes. It's Clay Williams. What the fuck's an easel? <laughs> it's like the, the It's like you board. put the painting on it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the what it's board. called? Like, with, I is it to... spelled with like an E? Easel? I mean, yeah. I believe so. Did I, I'm just, did I not I, get the I mean, right term or is that? I, no, I'm just saying I'm never, I don't know. Like oh. me, oh, me okay. painting is. I tried to introduce you creatively and I don't know. If I, I know. No, I mean, I like it. I just things. didn't know. I was curious. I was very oh, curious. Oh, I, I didn't know the word. Yes. I didn't know the um, word. I mean. Didn't you ever get forced to take an art class growing up? Yes. I failed it. Yeah. Yes. But like we made like. So bad. We made like. Okay. All right. I know the jokes already. Clay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a boy. Okay. But yeah, we did that. We made like pottery. And then and, like, Clay turns into the Joker. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the Joker um, too. He's getting out ceramics of class. Like ceramics class with Clay. That's what. <laughs> that's what. Born me. Um, it's just like no, an hour and like, forty-five minutes of like you know sculpting. It's literally twisted. <laughs> it is twisted. It is twisted. I think I did pretty good on the pottery. I didn't think I twisted that much. I thought it was pretty like you know, even. I kept it symmetrical. Chips. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it wasn't any ghost situation, but you know, it, it got. I got the job done. I got the job done. At it wasn't seven. a ghost situation. Haunted ceramics did... sounds like a vibe. Yeah, we need to bring back that. that Maybe era. I should get back into pottery. Wouldn't that be? I want to enter my pottery era. Yeah, like just let's. Is pottery uh, I mean, the summer vibe? So that's yeah. yeah. I would love a statistic of how many people got into pottery during the during quarantine. I would love. Well, you have a to get the whole like wheel that. and everything. That one is hard. Yeah, I mean yeah. Seth Rogen makes it easy. Yeah, and he also has a lot of resources because you know he's a Seth. He's Seth Rogen. Um, we can get Seth no, Rogen just, on the pod, couldn't we? No, I feel like you look like him right now with that beard. <laughs> you don't need him. Exactly. We got. We got I'm you. I'm Seth Rogen. Yeah. We people have always said this about you that you're a Seth yeah. Rogen. Really? <laughs> no, no one has. Oh. I I apologize. You're not Canadian. That's the thing. That's true. Yes. <laughs> I, I I would I've been to Canada, but you have been to Ooh. I have I've been to Canada once. I can was say. it like you're passing by or? Uh, I smuggled in a few drugs and got out. <laughs> That's what I usually do in Canada. <laughs> Right. It's uh, it's, some it's illegal activity. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're yeah. admitting to some crimes on, on this on the portrait of Lee. I mean, I'm not admitting episode. to them. I'm just it, it happened. I mean, I think the real art piece in this movie is the armpit weed. So, speaking of which, I it's thought, underrated. It, is it weed? I thought it was like a mushroom or like a it, a psychedelic of some kind. I just think armpit weed sounds better, but it's it does be sound a better. I, I they, yeah. they, if anyone had any branding like. Uh, experience who was ever producing that psychedelic they would call it uh, armpit weed for sure as a ring for to sure. it yeah yeah I, oh my god I, 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 do, do, do you can people get like do people do that nowadays it's one of those things where you're just like you're like does, does that happen armpit weed you know like they should just, like, people... we've been inside for a year I don't even know how more that innovative. Work. true true I don't even know how that works like I don't know how drugs in general work i'm not a scientist you don't here. you smuggled them into our neighbors. i said i smuggled yeah. i don't i didn't yeah. you know i don't know the you know the core mechanics yeah of it, treat but yourself like, you know, true but like does it so does it do you like absorb it through your hair yeah, is that how that true. works i think i think you're right though like being inside for so long you think we come up with something like this 
I mean, hey. Yeah. We still have time. We, we, <laughs> that's right. We have time. We have time. Yes. And also, uh, we have time to introduce Abby Montiel, who is here. Um, there you go. <laughs> They're professionals. Yes. That's, a, that's a transition. Um, that's what we call a transition. Yes. Hello. How's it going? I'm doing well. Yeah, I don't have fantastic. any armpit weed, but doing pretty well. Okay. How well, then you? we have to like kick you out. Yeah. Actually, yeah. that was kind of expected. I don't know. If I know, in guys. Case we happen, yeah, we have another guest waiting in the in the room to. Yeah, they can hit you. Up. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, thank you for being here. Um, of course, like I think you may know that every every time we have someone on to break the ice, we usually ask you when you first got into film, like what was your light bulb that went off and sort of um, your passion began for uh, for movies. Yeah, that's a good question. I think I got into the more like 2014, 2015, um, especially with like Gone Girl. I got really into Fincher. Um, it was in my moody teen era. So yes. I definitely dug into all of like the... Paramore was, was blessed. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> got into a lot of the American auteurs about that. That was also around the same time I watched some of Celine's first films because Girlhood had come out in, I think it was 2014. Yeah, so. I think so too. Yeah, I went back and revisited some of those in 2015. I really love Tomboy. Yes. That one is gorgeous. Um, So I was kind of surprised. I guess we can go right into how I saw this movie. But um, I was kind of surprised when I heard about this movie because she does all these really cool, like, coming-of-age modern French movies. So I was like, oh, I wonder how that could translate to this kind of broader leap forward into a period drama. Um. But I'd heard really good things about it outside of Cannes, and I saw it at the New York Film Festival in 2019, and it was kind of fucked up because I had no idea about the mythology element of all of it, and I went to see Hadestown the night before the press screening, which I don't, if you're not familiar, it's literally a musical retelling of Orpheus and Eurydice, and then I sat down to watch it the next day, and like, I don't think... Yeah, that's the story. My brain has exploded that much since I did like a Venom Stars Born double feature in 2018, but okay, it was. We don't a have lot. time to unpack all of that. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. I love that. Gorgeous. But then oh. you couldn't have been the only person who had that double feature though, because it was right. a festival. I feel like that was a communal experience of you, of some like you and a few others watching Hades Town and then Portrait. No, it's a Broadway musical. Yeah, so that was really fucked up because I'd ordered those tickets a long time before mm. I found out when that screening wow. was. Okay, so that's even crazier. That was kind of wild. How was the play? It was really good. It kind of has like a cult following. It kind of had kind of has like this folksy vibe to it. So kind of like the witchy fire scene anyway. Like the vibes were there, and it was also one of the last movies I saw before quarantine because um Celine did a Valentine's Day Q&A shout out to um Valerie Complex she was hosting the Q&A for that and she was giving out little heart-shaped candies and I had I did complain about not going to the movies for a year because like who wouldn't but I did get lucky because one of my last screenings was that and then I saw um Kelly Reichardt um for First Cow right before that was my very last screening and there was like a Muppet exhibit right next door so I guess what I'm saying is how would you guys remake Portrait of a Lady on Fire, but with the Muppets. No, the like, issue... who would be the human? Like, would it have to be Sophie? Because I feel like it would be weird if there was just one of the two was a human. 
Now, the biggest criticism of the Muppets that I think is really valid and we don't talk about more is how, like, how few female Muppets there are. There's Janice, and then mm. there's Miss Piggy, then some random others that, like, get thrown in there. But of, like, the main crew, it's kind of, it's, I, I, it's like, someone club. pointed that out to me, like, a little while ago. I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't even think about that. That's actually fucked up. Uh, so I don't even know how it really works. But... No, I was caught on that earlier. Well, now I think I what like... we have to do is remake the Muppets, but with humans. Whoa. Jesus. <laughs> I didn't. God, have you. Did you have some of that armpit weed? I uh, came through after all. Yeah, I'm I... like, whoa, Jack, we're, we're. Okay. All right, let's, <laughs> I plead let's the get fifth. into it. Um, <laughs> but I would say that we keep Eloise's mom as a human, mm-hmm. not Sophie. But that's just yeah. You kind of have to have like. I think that'd be the, very funny. Like she's she's sort of the one who is who is here to like you know the authority deliver figure. the the authority figure deliver an assignment and um, um, make sure everything is going smoothly. But then she's just talking to like you know Miss Peggy. It's just <laughs> um, but yeah. But it's funny though, like you say that because uh, um, I do remember Neon like very intentionally scheduling this for. Valentine's Day release, like, okay, they, they knew what they had in their hands, and it's like... Yeah, this came in right under the wire for yeah. your podcast, I think, because in the U.S., yes. I think technically there was the limited release, so... Yes, that is true. Um, we just got in s- there. Uh, some people count this as a 2019 movie, and some people count it as a 2020, and it's it's just, it's one of those things that I think we have to deal with, um, even uh, movies that premiered in t- 2009, and then got a theatrical release in 2010. Like, where mm-hmm. do we count in it? Uh, I don't think we've nice. run into that issue so I don't think far. we have yet. Yeah, me either. I was just trying to think of that. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, I, I think it's also one tw- of those. I, I still count it as a 2019 movie just because that seems to mm-hmm. be the majority. Yeah, that's the thing. I go with who, like, I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm a conformist. I go with the group think. That's what I do. <laughs> And yes. so, and I, so I look on Letterbox and I see, okay, like if I go to a film, then I go under lists and I go under friends, like who, like all, like all of my friends who have this movie on a list, and I see majority of 2019, I'm gonna call it a 2019 movie. Yeah. I see majority it, of 2020, I'm gonna call it a 2020 movie. And then yeah, even something like Spring Breakers that premiered um, at South by in or uh, uh, Venice in 2012, and then it came out in theaters in 2013. Like, I have that in my mind so much as a 2012 movie, not 2013. I think, I think IMDb has killed our minds. Yeah, Letterboxd is fucked with me because I, I usually, know. like, some people are like, oh, I'll do it according to the U.S. theatrical release date or, like, the British one or, like, a festival premiere. I usually yes. do U.S. because I'm boring, but... I mean, yeah, I mean, we are U.S. citizens. Well, I, I guess I don't know allegedly. about the citizens. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. I was going to say allegedly. Um, what makes you say that you're not Canadian? I'm a bit That's a good point. Who knows? Yeah. Well, you're knows? Seth Rogen, so... <laughs> you are Seth Rogen. That's what we've established. Um, I do, like, Mission but, Impossible masks. <laughs> but I do, I do think, though, like, the, like the like, IMDB it ruined my brain from early... Because I just used it so much when I was younger. Like, when I was just getting to movies, I was just always on IMDB. So now, like, people ask me, well, how do you know, like... How do you recognize a movie without the title, but you recognize the poster or like something like that, or just like, like how you can have posters kind of memorized is just because I'm I was on IMDb so much as a youth. I guess I'm still a youth, but still like a, a youth or youth. 
Yes. Yeah, do the youth yes. still like IMDb? No, I don't think so. <laughs> what are the kids into nowadays is what we should transition this pod into. Mm-hmm. It's just a formal investigation. I had a friend, I have a friend who apparently in his, like, when he was just getting to movies, wrote reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, reviews. <laughs> on, like, and, like, as a fan, though, obviously. And, just, mm-hmm. and, like, audience reviews for Rotten Tomatoes. And I'm just like... How did you come up, like, like how are you okay? Like, how did you turn into, like, a good person? Because I feel like only psychopaths do that. Right, it's like IMD, IMDb message boards. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, IMDb message boards is one thing, but you see all these IMD, IMDb reviews, and I'm just like, who is this for, dude? Like, who's who, who's going to be like, I am... I get Letterboxd is like a, like a more, like... It's, it's, like, made for that. Letterboxd yes. is literally legitimately made for, like, social interaction, but when you're, like, IMDb or... Amazon reviews and just like, but you took it's time true. out of your day for this. What's going on? <laughs> you have to sit down, fire up RottenTomatoes.com. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Clay, what was the first time that you saw a portrait of Lady on Fire? So I watched it with my mom. I know that for sure. Um, As one she does. is. What, what do you? So I was thinking about this. So you call so people who are obsessed with like British cultures and Anglophile. What what are people who are obsessed with French culture? A, fr- a francophile? Yeah, that's what I thought too. And I'm just like, that sounds like a Dave Franco fan base. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I think. But she's definitely like she spent a few years in France. She knows the language decent. Like she d- has, she does like these classes with a whole bunch of other middle-aged women, just like talking about like learning French all day, just living the life as a retiree. Um, and so I was like, well, I gotta watch this with her since, you know. I mean, that's what we're all striving towards, really. I want Honest, what she has. She's living the best <laughs> life right now, just learning French at, know. you know, just might as well. Um, but sure. yeah, no, she's just always been a huge fan of French culture and knows a lot about it and knows the language decently. And so I'm, I'm just like, I, I gotta see this with you, I guess. Like, you know, it's also, I just hear it's a good movie and, you know, it's romantic and stuff. It just seems like you're bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I saw it with her in theaters. Um, this wasn't my last, this was not my last film in, before, uh, quarantine happened. 2020. That was Emma, which was in March. I think I saw this in February. Let me make sure. Was it the Valentine's Um, Day weekend? Yeah, because that's what, yeah, exactly. And I was lucky enough because a lot of people... Um, like February twelfth. So I don't know when Valentine's Day is, but I saw it on that February fourteenth. Okay, so yeah, exactly. I know, but a lot of my friends who like lived in other states just like were not getting it, even though it was somewhat of like a wide release. Like it just, I don't think it was like. I bet it was. I bet it was like under two thousand theaters. Like I bet it wasn't that wide. Because it went to Hulu Um, in what, like April or May? Yes. Because Hulu and Neon have that Mm -hmm. deal where they acquire their films. Yeah, I think it was a, a pretty like fast release release there. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think like the most most people I know who saw it, either they pirated it or they watched it on Hulu. Right, because it leaked. Uh, yeah, it I mean because so it's early. like before. yeah, it's you know when you it's like fucking under the silver lake when it's like screened like yes. two years ago places. and it's not even coming out in like five months and even though it was like people saw it like two years ago like it'll just stay online for like a while and i believe in i believe parasite ran into the same issue because it's in other countries so it has release dates 
in all sorts of places. Yeah, because I think it came out, like, what, like, summer of 2019 in Korea, so then it was yes, online yes, by, like, August. Did. Yes, it did, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's right, good memory. Um, for, my, for myself, this actually was the last film I saw before quarantine. Hmm. Um, I saw this uh, by myself in this little cute theater that I talked about on our favorite episode and it's called the screening room it's just this one screen and like 20 chairs and like a little concession stand it's the cutest thing it's like a little yeah like it's it's great and it kind of has a weird schedule of releases it'll play two or three things over the course of two weeks and then swap them out for another thing but you don't know how long it'll hold on to a particular film and and it's just like okay i wonder how long they'll have this and um, it was actually a pretty long time and thankfully i I caught a screening and it was only myself and like a few other um older couples i think it was just like the complete opposite of the screening that i talked about in our favorite episode because it's because like in when my friend and i saw the favorite it was just like everybody was laughing it was just like we were we we were just so into what was happening but with this it was just like so you know it was just as great but it was so somber and clinical and you know um just focused yeah but it was just as as marvelous and uh yeah i I think it's i think it's fair to say we all we all love the film so it's my theater was packed, surprisingly. Oh, yeah? Oh, really? I have, I, yeah, I'm, my theater is weird. I mean, I, I've told this before. Mine was fairly lonely, yeah. I've told this before, but, like, when I saw The Lighthouse on, like, a Thursday night preview or something yes. like that, maybe, probably it was Thursday night, maybe maybe Friday or something, but, like, opening weekend for sure, my theater was fucking, it was, like, sold out. Yes. Like, The yes, Lighthouse. A black and white 8 by 4 like, 8 by 4 ratio. Well, I mean, like, 8 by 4 did what really what they don't yeah. usually do is th- and they marketed it incredibly well and, and yeah no they did but it is but it is like i was just in the theater just look just looking at how many people like they were like i could tell there was yeah. people on dates <laughs> and like these like really like people really young and i'm just i like, saw them i saw it on my birthday it was, it was so good yeah i mean I, I mean i saw fucking uncut gems on christmas we're weirdos don't get me wrong <laughs> we're fucking strange people yes but like but it just saw all these people, and I'm just like, do y'all know what this movie is about? Like, they're not even speaking <laughs> fucking English. Not really. Like, right, you, just can't, you can't understand a word time. they're yeah. saying. Like, every screening of The Lighthouse, like, the packed ones, it felt like a rowdy screening. Like, I've been it to did. a rowdy cat screening, but like I think there should be a rowdy lighthouse screening now that we can go outside. 100%. I mean, yeah, everyone just, like, yeah. starts throwing something when he yeah, says, yeah. my be- like, you know, like, my beans. Mm. Everybody's doing, yeah, like, bean cans. Everybody's doing <laughs> bean cans. Yeah, bring bean cans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spill the beans. Um, but no, but with like now, we bring portrait, it wasn't as big of a theater as the lighthouse one, but it was still like pretty, like, ton of people came. But like it, like Jack, it was a lot of older couples and a lot of um, like you know middle age, you know, um, older like seventies yeah. kind of people just like hanging around. Like I didn't. It was just. It was like I was the youngest person in there by far, by like a few decades. Just like I'm the like you know the. Uh, the uh, sole twenty-year-old in the room pulled with sixty-year-olds, just be like, "Yeah, yes. man, this movie's great." And this, let, let, this let, theater rock on. Um, that I go to, it shows a lot of like not existing 
movies that are kind of for an older generation. Um, like that one that comes to mind is Victoria and Abdul with Judy Dench. It it kind of doesn't exist, and um, but it's it's just like a Saturday matinee kind of like very chill. Um, a movie, a place yeah, where you would for, see yeah. the Four Quartet. Right. <laughs> the four, is that the yeah? What the Philip Seymour Hoffman movie? What's oh, a late quartet. Yes, the no, late quartet. I think a late quartet is definitely in that vein. Um, and I, I wouldn't say this th- this is not in that vein, um, but no. it's absolutely something that the screening room would show, um, and it's just incredibly well made. <laughs> so. It's a very youthful movie, yeah. I would yeah. actually say. And then after I saw I saw this, I, um, I obviously something something happened a few minutes after we all saw this one, and um, so then I went back to Celine Scamma's work and. She just makes very, very good movies. Um, all I haven't seen a single excellent. film of hers outside really? of this. I know it's crazy, and it's not like. <laughs> and I love this movie. It's like maybe my favorite of that year. But I still, it just, I don't know. I haven't bitten the bullet, and I don't really, and I can't really tell you why. I just haven't. Um, I know a lot of her other stuff's pretty great, and I, I you yeah. know, like some people, you know, can argue which one of those of the trilogy is better or whatever. But like, I know. Girlhood I, I know I need to watch them. I just haven't for some reason. That one has another great use of music. But yes. Like Rihanna, yes. Vivaldi, dun, 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 Peas and Carrots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Um, I mean, we could cover Tomboy and Girlhood if, uh, if he wants to choose this. Yeah, it is interesting, How? though. Because it doesn't seem like she would short. be that natural fit to do kind of... Like, it could come off very stuffy, I think, yes. with another director just this mm-hmm. basic story because she does write these like really kinetic modern coming of age stories in France but I think part of that modernity is what sets it apart from a lot of other kind of yes. similar period dramas from like the use of music to kind of the intellectual dresses all of those with layers. pockets yeah innovative yes. yeah <laughs> and even like the di- the digital photography yeah. it just makes it seem so much more immediate because it is a movie about looking um, yes. And that really struck me the first time I watched it. And I think the digital photography, um, you kind of feel more invited as if it, it weren't like, you know, Barry Lyndon or, or something where it's like everything is like lit only naturally and it's, it's just, it feels more, yeah, it, it, you you don't feel as though you're, you're dis, you're not welcome into this world, but it's, it's like she's putting you into into the shoes even more so um of Heloise and uh Marion. Yeah, especially for a movie that does kind of talk about that line between like voyeurism and like love and creation and stuff like that. It was shot by God, I'm going to butcher this oh, name. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it was Claire Claire, Claire, Claire uh, Mathon? Madon? No, 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 that's Madon? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who also did Atlantics that year, so Oh she shit! Very, okay, very yeah, good. Twenty nineteen. All right, Claire. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Damn. All right, just stunting yeah. on everybody. She really was, and I think they filmed the interiors in like a castle where you had to do like they were shooting digital, but it was just like a single candle yeah. or something. But I think they, they had to all rig the all the lighting yeah. outside of it. Like they, they had yeah, like the structures. Yeah. structures. Yeah. 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 I. So, do you guys own the Criterion for this? I, I wanted to, I wanted to but I yeah, I, I think I my thing it. is like if the, if the criterions are available elsewhere then I'll probably go to ones that aren't but since I already I always know like this one's on Hulu then 
I might hold off, but how are the supplements on this disc? Well, I watched all of them last night around nice. like 2 a.m. Sick. Um, and because I'm a baller. No, um, I just, <laughs> I don't know. I finished it and I'm like, I gotta watch these supplements. And I almost never do that. I'm, I'm so bad. Even oh, though I have like a, a pretty sizable physical collection of movies, I've never, I'm never just that person unless I really love the movie to be yeah. like, bonus features, press I know, play. and it's so fresh. I feel like, especially yeah, when true. I'm really into, bonus like it was my favorite of that year. It was a really stacked year in 2019, yeah, so it was hard. But so good. Yeah, so I feel like I'd already watched so many festival interviews that when I get mm-hmm. a really new Criterion, I don't feel quite as much of an urgency, whereas That's if fair. I'd gotten something from, like, the 40s, it's like, yeah. to see what That's these true. guys have to say. I usually well, re- I usually watch bonus features, especially when I, do, when I, uh, when I re-watch for this, because it's, it's like, this is now the opportunity now that I'm uh, playing the disc again. Like, I never really saw what... Um, the interviews for tree of life were but it's like oh now, mm-hmm. now it's like you know i i don't have to focus on just watching it i can i can be like okay i have to like prepare more so so they have so on the criterion they have four bonus features um they have an interview with siama by um by the critic dana uh dana stevens she interviews oh, siama yeah. um second is two interviews spliced together between uh, Adele Hanel and Nominee Merlant. Um, and the third one is with the cinematographer, and this interview is at Cannes in 2019, and it's with, uh, you know, Claire. Um, I'm not going to pronounce her last name because I don't feel like it. Um, and the painter, the fourth one is the painter that was um, used to paint all the actual shit and that uh, Nominee, uh, like, studied off of um, while, like, she was you know, painting those actual paintings. Um, but, like, so, but, like, the physical, like, the uh, digital photography and the film stuff, like, that was a decision that uh, Selena and Claire made, like, four months before shooting. Because, and so they went to the Brittany, like, the place they shot. They did a few, like, tests whether, with, like, a 35 millimeter and on digital um, a digital camera, and they just shot Claire. Claire's assistant. She has this assistant who she calls, you know, like a, like a picture picturesque uh, person, and they just shot her just around the island and just to see like what they wanted, and the, apparently what it came down to was uh, skin, the clarity, like mm. seeing the blood rush, and like the texture of skin and the like high resolution of it too when it comes to like they wanted to make it look like the painting they wanted to make the paintings also look like wet and like textured and they thought digital worked the best way and they also wanted a higher resolution um which made like making like like the mage made like uh the way uh celine kind of said apparently it was a pretty hard process because it would go out of focus so quickly since it was in such high resolution so people had to barely move in each scene and if they moved it had to be precisely choreographed or they would be out of focus immediately like they have like if they if one person is like like right behind the other and like it moves and something's like moves suddenly like the scene's fucked and so yeah, apparently sure like all of it was painstakingly shot, like choreographed i'm sure that one shot of like uh Eloise and marion's faces kind of overlapping when they're near the beach kind of difficult because it's Mm-hmm. It's oh, yeah. like it's very sudden movements of uh, um, Marion kind of observing Eloise, and then she's looking away, and then um, and then she's looking back at her. It's like when someone has some food on their lip, and it's like, oh, it's like, 
<laughs> but yeah, yeah it's but like that's like Celine a shot straight out of Claire... Persona. You know, it's one of yeah, the influences. Both... Oh, but yeah, Persona for sure. I saw Persona after this, actually, funny enough, and I'm like, holy shit, portrait. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a great film. Yeah. I mean, all the cliff stuff, at least for sure. Yeah, and even like the and... ghostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and and the two women being intertwined after after a period of time spent together. I yeah. guess you can you can even like bring in Mulholland Drive with the yeah totally in that case. Yeah. I was just so, so shocked initially. Film references. Yeah, that because those are obviously like visually very obvious touchstones. But I really was mm. surprised that she'd brought in Titanic, like that idea of because she was talking about like when. Leo and Kate made it they weren't like huge stars there was kind of that like androgynous quality and like the whole idea of like love as poetry and finding that kind of emancipation and equality um I don't know if um on top of the world they kind of did have an on top of the world moment but that was a surprising touchstone it was great it was great when um Celine Dion came on the soundtrack oh absolutely she is all the Celines (laughs) She is from Quebec. She was a French lady, uh, oh or Canadian French, um, or French Canadian, whichever way. Um, I was no like I also saw the piano after I oh, watched yeah. Portrait, and now coming back to doing the rewatch, and I can really like those are the two. Th- and, and I know she says there, there are some other inspirations, but funny enough, none of the in all of the uh, bonus features they don't she never really talks about or anyone else really talks about like oh we wanted to make it like that movie or this movie they very much really focus on it as like a singular object and they actually talked more about the inspiration of paintings rather than um actual movies but like the piano and persona were definitely like the visual cues i got and the piano in its sense of like the piano and its sensuality and how it depicts like uh connection and, like, yeah, and that tension. like naturalism between women. I think her and Jane definitely feel like, I don't know that they feel very intertwined in my mind when I watch mm. those two. Films. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It um, feels like yeah. Sweetie would be something that Celine Skelmick would make, like that. I could see that. It's a very unique. It's a it's a vibe though for sure. Um, it's a very unique energy to that. Uh, but I could definitely see that for sure. Um, but yeah, no, like I, it, it was the whole idea of like deciding between film and digital, like it, a lot of, they mentioned the, they mentioned skin a lot. That's what they did. Like they mentioned, like they want, like really the thing that stood out to me was like, they wanted to see the, like, you know, as much like blushing and like, uh, like just different complexions in the skin as possible to make it just feel more, textured and it was interesting to hear that and so like digital was apparently they said apparently Celine seems more seemed more dead set on digital while Claire seemed okay with both and it seemed mm-hmm. like she probably just got like she's that she just left it up to Celine's choice but um you yeah, know I mean I, and it, I, did, I don't think the colors would pop as much as if it were shot on film same mm-hmm. and you need that for this for sure I think yeah. she's always shot on digital, right? I can't remember. Um, yeah, I think so. If not, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Because she, like, she has such a distinct color palette, too. Just um, Even go back to Water Lilies. Like, it's yeah, just even so thinking about it as like a series of elemental films, like with like girlhood, it's very like earth. Like It's very mm. 
these girls on the ground, what they're doing in that community. And then Water Lilies is obviously, like, water. Yeah. Um, tomboy, there's kind of that gender there's fluidity. So there's, like, yeah, it's kind of, like, air. And then portrait. Mm. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> Shockingly. Stop it. Boy, man. Maybe, maybe right. she's a fan of Avatar The Last Airbender. Who knows? She will be going to see... Yeah. Avatar, the way of water. <laughs> the way of water, for sure. I um, love how she's a Avatar, WandaVision. I didn't know Celine was a WandaVision stan. That what? was a fun... Di- yeah, she was... Apparently when she was promoting her new film that's coming out later this year, she named it as a reference, and then <laughs> apparently their house is like 228 in WandaVision, and she posted it in her story, and she put a heart around the 28. Like, okay. Francesca wow. Scorsese needs to take Marty's phone away. He's going to be pissed off. Wow. There you go, Celine. Wow, okay, that's oh cool. God. I love it. Celine, love do it. not talk to Marvel, please. <laughs> can you yeah. imagine? Oh, gosh, can you imagine? I don't know. I mean, it's fucking got Chloe, so who knows? I don't know. From no Cam to the MCU. The, the Can to MCU pipeline? Is that what we're going to have now? <laughs> God. Um, oh my yeah. Well, speaking yeah. of Celine's Instagram, that's how she found the painter. Uh, for oh, yeah. to do oh, the, yeah. all the all the um actual like they she wanted someone young. Did she have an she Etsy want- shop? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, she was very particular about how she wanted the painter be like almost like a reflection of uh Mary. Uh, what's the character's name? Marion, Marion, Marion. Yep. Um, she wanted like the same same age, kind of the same independency. Um, also like a similar drive and focus. Um, but she also definitely wanted someone who had no experience in painting nineteenth or eighteenth century art. She wanted. She didn't want a copyist. She wanted someone to like create. She was all about like creating new things. Same thing with mm. like. She wanted, like, how she wanted to work with, like, for uh, Marianne, she would, she didn't want to work with the same actor. She she wanted to work with someone new. Yeah. Um, and... It's not, and it's not like Na- Naomi Merlin is, is an unknown either. Like, she was in uh, uh, that one Darden movie that I'm blinking on and, like, um, Beast Per Minute she had a role in, too. But apparently, but, like, the casting process, Celine didn't know any of her work. Not really. Mm-hmm. And they oh, just... And what Celine does is she talks, and so, like, when she does uh, casting, she's the other person, like, reading, they're reading lines off each other. She needs to be, like, in the room with the, with people. Um, she obviously wrote, wrote this, she already had Adele in mind, like, the moment she was writing it. And she also had the mother in mind a little bit because she is a friend of hers who's also a director. And they talk about cinema oh. a lot, and she wanted the mom to have the same approach and same kind of mindset and perspective when it ta- when it comes to movies in general, um, and she wanted someone like Italian. Like she had all this really sp- like pl- uh, you know um, planned out and has all these intricities of like justifying who she wanted for what reason, um, and like the in like the costume design. Like all of this was super intentional mm-hmm. and had like yeah. five different justifications of why she wanted to do. X it definitely or feels Z. like something that's well storyboarded. Oh yeah, I mean the chore- choreographed to hell. Um, but they, funny enough, they didn't rehearse. There was no rehearsal. 
Um, oh. It was all because there, the point was to have. There was no script either. It was all improv. Yeah, it was all improvised. <laughs> um, they got like, but when they, when she casts, she gives the script, full script right, right away. She doesn't give like pages of like she thinks it's like stupid. Uh, she wants to give like the whole entire picture to the actor immediately. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, even just watching heard... this for the first time, there was just so much I didn't get. Like, even it's just such a detail oriented film. That's what I really love about her yeah. filmography. Just from like the sound design and like the use of music to like, yeah, the digital photography, the way the how she chose the painter. Like, there's just so many layers. I can't even imagine yeah. all the storyboarding. And it's like there's so little that happens here, and it's just two characters. Um, you're almost like you sh- your brain is working to find things to pay attention to, so you miss the obvious things, at least mm-hmm. for myself. Um, and it's like, yeah, yeah, the sound design is just impeccable, like the fire cracking. and you know, it's, um, yeah, I think I'm really like drawn the, to like yeah. ASMR movies. Like this and Fandom <laughs> Thread are two of my favorites yes, in yes, recent yes. years. And, and two filmmakers mm-hmm. who just master the, the craft of using sound is is, an, uh, is like an immersion to, yeah into and even movies. with like the framing devices like when yeah, they're to- looking oh, back totally. into the yeah. past yeah yeah it's like a memory into uh yeah everything seems just like a little bit too fleeting even though it obviously moves at a snail's pace for the first mm. hour or so yeah, yeah i don't know yeah. even that idea of like looking back with like as like a poet not as a lover where when you do really find that equal understanding that equal fighting for love stories we don't want to imagine it going on super far like yeah can be just as rewarding for like two weeks or something and marianne telling the story is so crucial right because this is Mm -hmm. a memory that only in that only lasted for a little bit of time unlike the portrait of the lady on fire that lasts forever and that's that's going to be the memory it's that is um set in stone like she this the story that that we see is malleable to in in her mind um and because this like any great love story i mean like think in the mood for love or brokeback mountain Mm -hmm. this has a time this has a stopwatch like this can't last this isn't gonna go on um uh not in the time like those uh, usually make the best love stories yeah i was reading a review of this in prep and it was like you can see where brief encounter of... too i mean bref- oh. incredible these are all of my letterbox favorites yeah, are just exactly yeah. just that yeah. um you like they have a, a few to in unfortunately they they're usually queer stories too like you know it's because like because of the society and and uh, constraints of like previous um relationships that mm-hmm. hold them and I do think that, that don't that hold them together. That yeah. um, those themes about that collaborative process, I think, do hold it above um, some of the more reductive versions of like a queer period romance, where yes, it is about like the female gaze, and I know that can be used too much as like a buzzword now. Right. But right. I think Check it is that both. Box, that box yeah, exactly. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. there's just so much like the way you get it you're a writer okay yeah. <laughs> yeah but just like there is also that really universal theme of being able to use art as like a form of love and like as a way mm. to capture those emotions long after and what that collaboration the freedom that that can offer so yeah you know, and, and it just it's like on. we remember the uh i think what's celine Sciamma um and claire Mathen were talking about 
the cinematography and capturing skin. It's like we recall the sensory moments so mm -hmm. vividly. Like there's the short snippets of actual intimacy, but it's like those those are like okay, it's like a release almost. It's a release for the yeah. audience, and I think and that's for, what. I actually, uh, and yeah. yeah, when I went to see this the second time, I accidentally walked into the Ron Theater right as <laughs> Vivaldi started playing. It was like a jump scare because oh there are God. all of these little, yeah. terrible, but there were all of these sensory little details that like, those are the pieces you hold on to from those really pivotal moments. And then it's just been building up so much throughout the entire film, those little sensory details that when it finally kind of explodes at the end, it is so emotional and it's so evocative. Was that as bad as when I saw Roma in the theater and Bohemian Rhapsody was playing on full blast right next door? Oh my god! <laughs> wow, I, I, yeah. I think you've told me that before, and I still didn't remember okay. that. That's crazy. Okay. Um, you're Abby. You're talking earlier about how you missed so much the first time. I feel like I'm watching it again. I'm like, oh, I missed all of it. Like everything, <laughs> I missed it all. I, I I missed that the song that she fucking plays in like the piano is the same song at the end. The oh no! It took me a full thirty seconds to realize it the first time. I just I, the first, but the first time I watched, it, I just missed it and I left the theater and I'm just like, okay, that was a really emotional yeah, song. I still yeah, yeah, loved yeah, it, yeah. but I'm like, yeah. I didn't under quite. And then of course, I guess I was a really like, good. There's just opera so much going attended. on at once, but they're not hitting you over the head. Like I think yeah. that scene is also earlier. It's where kind of Marianne yeah. becomes her window to the outside world and all of these things she's been deprived of but that also means she's going to lose that agency so it just yes. like it's so naturalistic in that moment but then in the end that makes it just hit so much harder and you weren't even thinking exactly super deeply about it treats with all of her uh movies treats the audience with so much respect and maturity and it's like okay well i expect you to notice these details and um, these layers that I'm adding on yeah, like there are so don't many have other no meaning. Right? Filmmakers, yeah, like... I think they would try to hold your hand throughout every single one of those details, but they just feel so naturalistic in her filmmaking. Yeah. Um, I also missed... I think foreign like... filmmakers in particular are like that a lot. Yeah. It's just like, no, no, no we, we know you're an adult. <laughs> yeah, we could never. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it's also like... A lot of the foreign film you watch isn't totally made for mass mass uh, mm -hmm. consumption, so it's more. What makes you say that? I'm, can you? <laughs> um, but uh, what was I gonna say? I also missed like her turning around at the end, like that whole shot of like mm. turn around and like as she's walking out the door. It's like a direct like mirror of yeah, the and then, myth. Yeah, then the painting yeah. where they see talk about how they seem to be in dialogue. I also read another piece where I know no French. I could never be like your mom. Respect to her. Um, but apparently, We're actually going to dub this entire episode in French, so no worries. Oh, thank God. Um, but no, apparently there's like, there's the formal way that people address each other in French, and then there's the really intimate version that people use with like friends and lovers and stuff. And they speak to each other in the formal throughout the entire film, apparently. But the first and only time that Heloise uses the intimate version is when she says turn around at the very end. So there's just Holy even shit. more that you would never yeah. wow. realize. Yeah. Like she just trusts her audience so much. Also our second movie recently ending at an opera with uh, Margaret. We also covered. Language also played a particular like role. Like 
uh, plays plays a particular role in the movie. I mean, like at at one point they switched from French to Italian, Italian. just like that, mm-hmm. and it adds a whole another layer to that conversation. But also, when they interviewed Adele, um, she said she focused for her like for her like process. She wanted to focus on enunciation of words more than like more than like me- like crazy emotional reactions she wanted to feel like she wanted to like pack all the emotion the way she enunciated words instead of rather just mm-hmm. like showing it on her face at all times she really focused on like the rhythm and the like the rhythm of her like of the language and how she was saying it like you like, and they and when i'm watching that interview and she says that they cut to um her saying like when she's kind of criticizing um marianne's like first painting and marianne says well i didn't i didn't know you were an art critic and she says well i didn't know you were a painter and that line delivery though there's barely anything happening with her face i mean there is somewhat but the way she like delivers it has all of the emotion packed into it and it makes sense because like i'm not saying like you know people have always been emotional but in that time you usually try to like it was much more you try to like hold it back a little more than we do now, which is you know whatever. Like that, there's a whole sociological reason for that, but it does have like that, like that still has that cutting, that like that cut, that depth, that um, that edge to it for what she says without like her having this like vicious face or whatever. She's just like it's just still like, it it packs all the punch just by the way she enunciates it. Yeah. Um, and so I think the rhythm also was very focused on all of, the, all of all of the aspects of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think it makes it that much more impactful when they really do let their guard around down around each other when the Countess goes away. There's just such a, such a breath of fresh air and how that character kind of shifts as we're perceiving her along Marianne. Like she almost is framed in the very beginning kind of like a Hitchcockian blonde when you just see her from yeah, the totally. back to kind of like you expect her to be one way as this like kind of guarded aristocratic woman and then she's kind of bratty and then there's just such an exhale and she seems like she seems so like young and innocent at one point and then they have that intellectual banter and yeah just the enunciation is everything mm-hmm. and Adele Hanel is it, she just it's like such a striking face what a face and she, yeah uh yeah t- like her voice is so I've always interpreted it as very deep and and like um like a short of its itself like she's she's never been like a neurotic performer or anything um yeah the the enunciation is is, is interesting um because she's always been such a guard I think she's always played guarded characters I, I think she's only been in this in Water Lilies for Celine's gone with Celine yeah but then it is um, interesting because it's such a metatextual film as well because obviously like they were in a relationship for a long time and it's very whereas I do really enjoy films where it's kind of processing a relationship I've never seen one that feels Mm -hmm. quite so collaborative where I think a lot of the times obviously they're not directly working together like in this capacity but yeah like Jennifer Jason Lee didn't work with Noah Baumbach on that was how I was story yeah it felt it definitely didn't feel quite as like I love parts of marriage story but yeah, no, I get Very it. It doesn't distinct. feel as even. No. Um, I mean, Siyama in general, I mean, all four interviews, I'm going to just reference the, the, uh, those <laughs> interviews because that's the only research I did. 
Um, and they're actually pretty, pretty, uh, pretty uh, revealing. But she, like, collaboration was heavily f- emphasized in every single interview that I've read, or not read, but um, the each interview that was conducted for the Criterion. Like how she works with every single person, from the costume designer to um, the lighting people to the, you know, of course, the cinematographer Claire and the her act, uh, um, her actresses. Um, I mean, uh, like her whole point. So. She, the role for Sophie, the servant, is that that's the character's mm-hmm. name, Sophie, I think. Mm-hmm. So she, that was the first actor that she saw, and and she was like, well, you know, people sometimes will say, well, you gotta watch, you gotta see, you gotta see a hundred more because you have to make sure she's the one. You have to be double sure. But she's like, in her opinion, it's like, well, if she seems right for it, and this character doesn't have this crazy backstory. And if she and you and like you, you can work with the person. There is no this right, like this is the character, this is the actress. It's more of like doing the work together. She has this. They you know they have the skills, they have the relationship, they have the you know the ability to collaborate with each other. So they could work on the character with each other to invent it rather than just have it be so pre-established. And so she really focuses on collaboration. Um, and same thing with like of course Adele who's always like who knew about who heard about her, this movie four years before actually shooting it I think um, and they all like it, and it just it seems like just I would love to work on a set with Celine because it seems such a communal experience and something so like artistically fulfilling if it's all this collaboration and like tra- like trading of ideas and thoughts and perspectives um and like yeah so i think that's i think it's really does show i mean in each characterization yeah, it sounds a little bit technical detail sounds a little bit like someone that just come from a theater background like people say similar things like mike lee um very much like although like you said there wasn't much rehearsal here and mike lee is like very much without rehearsal i get well, not with the actresses i can't oh. say if like they might have oh rehearse some of the camera techniques or whatever but the actresses they did not rehearse with each other at all like Sidney Lumet you know it's like that's someone's like very rehearsed um theater background director yeah yeah um trying to think where where we should go from here (laughs) um I can tell you about the music choices I would mm. love to hear about the music choices. So, that apparently that was late in the script. Um, apparently really? that was pretty... Yeah. She, because, like, she just felt like there was something missing. There was that... The way she put it, it was like a threat. Like, she needed something to connect all the threads together. She needed that, like, like that thing to, like, really... Like, she had all these loose pieces. She needed that one string to connect all of them. And... And she found that to be the music choices. She um, she definitely didn't want... She wanted all diegetic music because she wanted you to feel the same kind of... I mean, there's this whole part where um, Heloise's character... Like, her character is so desperate for art in general. Like, she... Like, the moment that um, Marianne comes, she's like, can I read your book? Did you bring a book? I need a book. Um... <laughs> Like, she talks about how she misses, me, like, she liked being in the co- uh, con- convent because you, she could hear music, and she's like, well, it's pretty bleak. It's like, well, that's the only kind of music I know. 
And so that's why she goes to mass, not because she's religious, because she just wants to hear music. Um, and so that kind of de- uh, desperation of art in general, she wanted the audience to feel as well. She didn't want characters hearing that, like hearing like music in the background while um, Heloise is d- describing her like her longing to hear music. She wanted like she wanted that to have that um, same. You want she wanted the audience to have that same connection to like man, I could really he- hear some music right now, that kind of thing. Um, and so. I uh, I forget exactly how she winded up deciding the kind of like the spiritual chant at the campfire, I, mm. which is like it when, when I first saw him like, is this turning into like Midsommar? Like, what the <laughs> hell is happening? That like that like that like kind of that like um, droning that all of them start doing that it kind of like is this like a cult thing? It creeped me out the first time because it's just holding on this like chanting for a little bit. And uh, of course, then it turns into something pretty, you know, beautiful. But, uh, but like she chose, um, what's the piece again that's playing at the end? What's um, it called? Vivaldi's Summer. Vivaldi's Summer. She wanted something popular, or not popular, but like known, and like something that like it was. She didn't want anything that was like niche or, uh, un- like or something that people didn't have. She wanted someone to. The, she wanted the audience to already have a connection to the piece of music. Because it, she felt it was important to like have that relatability to that to the impact of that music to have like everyone kind of have that uh, background into it so they can put their own feelings instead of just hearing this brand new piece of music. Um, the chant or like the chant, but like the spiritual song of the campfire that was created by her. She translate. She used a. She made that out of like. I, apparently it's in, it's inspired by someone, but the um, the well, the lyrics are from Nietzsche and they're translated into Latin. Just so so like just some baller mm. shit. Um, right. Yeah, and Again, like very intentionally so meticulous structured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so and like it's, the, it's interesting yeah. that when that piece comes in, those violins are so or intense. Uh, it's it's like that feeling like oh I I have an intense feeling. That intense emotional connection to art. Yeah, I will say, yeah. not choosing something niche has backfired a little bit, because I'll sometimes just hear that. I think it's in a credit card commercial right now, and I do have that really... It's very jarring. So I'm like, I have not had time to work through this yet. It was even in the yeah. Emma trailer, and I was like, that was way too soon. But I will say the kind of witchy campfire... It's very good to listen to when you just have to do chores around the house. It made me feel much cooler but mm-hmm. yeah i love that it is very witchy it is very. very witchy it's like that whole taylor swift evermore <laughs> era she's she's stealing yes confirm actually she said that in her interview i forgot to mention it was yeah. a taylor, yeah, yeah. Sw- ta- taylor swift uh, swift uh, ripoff um celine Sciamma's version <laughs> there are some surprisingly like haunting like kind of horror yeah, like, especially with that idea vibes. of the underworld, like it's so dark when that happens, and then it mm-hmm. does feel very eerie because it cuts to them literally pulling each other down to the cliffside, and she appears behind it. There mm-hmm. is that very feeling because like, it is such a film about memory. It's like they're haunting each other even before they leave. And I mean, this estate that they're staying in is like a haunted house. <laughs> like it's on, it's on the cliff. Ghosts keep appearing. A, I, that when I first saw that in the theater, I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? 
She's just like in a white gown. It's like also super eerie and cause it's all like, and it's also mm-hmm. so much in like, it's such high resolution that it feels like, mm. I don't know. It, it feels even more threatening and scary, yeah. even though it's not right, supposed it's to br- be. It's, I mean, there's very little nighttime exterior. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. It's like and it felt so naturalistic that those touches of the supernatural, oh. they're just all the more, I know. I want her and to make a horror movie. Last... I want to make her, I want oh, her to make be, a horror movie. Yeah, we, don't. we need to I really do. it. But... Especially like the last fleeting memory that Marion has of Heloise, she has this white gown, like wedding dress gown, and it's and she can't obtain that. Um, and it's and it's not like she's passed away, but it's, it's almost like that. That's what it's trying to evoke um, the the memory of of when she's and it's and it's kind of ironic in, in a way because like on your wedding day you're supposed to be the most happiest, but but with her it's like that's that's the whole point of um of why she won't pose for the portrait is like the 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 relationship but that she's forced into is is like tragic she doesn't mm-hmm. want this so it's like to see her in the wedding dress with Marion's last memory it's it's really just so sad yeah. it's another it's another heartbreaking revelation yeah, and then that call back to Orifusi and Eurydice, because you know how the story ends, but you kind of find yourself hoping it'll end up another way, but of course. Yeah. In the exactly. painting Cause, cause... she paints of the myth, is Eurydice also in a white gown? I forget. I don't think so. Because that, maybe that would be too on the nose, but... And then I the feel... page 28 portrait is very... It feels much softer, like it's in those same kind of cream... Yeah. Colors. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that is a really good way because obviously there is that universality of how we use art as a collaborative process and to evoke those memories. But she's able to explore those kind of like those queer relationships or those kinds of art or those like the dissolution of those class dynamics with those three women. But it's done in such like a very naturalistic, like immersive way that she's not shoving you over the head with it, which I think a lot of directors definitely, they wouldn't have that much respect for the audience to be able to read all of that. Yeah. Adele really talked about the, I don't know. I don't know if you call it intersectionality, but like the, like the real uh, dissolution of class dynamics. Yeah. Especially that scene where um, they're getting the dinner ready and Mm. like how Louise is making the dinner and the maid is just enjoying her embroidery and, yeah, it's just such, it feels like such a radical image. And when they paint the abortion, like, it feels like such a radical image, but... Well, yeah. She doesn't have to tell you anything. Yeah. I mean, like, it was really, inter- like, it, um, it's also so funny watching Adele in an interview because she's so, I think Jack mentioned earlier that she doesn't really play neurotic characters, but she no. herself is very neurotic. She's very shifty, yeah. She's like, she's always, you know, kind of looking around, just trying to, you know, going like, like, it's so funny because they cut back and forth between her and Nominee Morant, and she, and Nominee's like, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name correctly. She seems very still. <laughs> she's very, like, she's trying to choose all of her words very carefully. She's like, ha- like, sitting down, she's relaxed. She's kind of like, basically having this nice, calm discussion well, Adele's, like, giving you the, her, like, you know, uh, giving you a, um, what's it called? Um, like, a speech or uh, her, you know, her oral essay of just, like, all of these different strain of thoughts. 
Um, but like when she was talking about how the funny thing is like the the closest thing to the representation of the patriarchy in that movie is the mother. And so yeah. Adele sees her as the, so the moment that the patriarchy is, is leaves the three women that the class, like the class dynamics or the class hierarchy kind of div- dissolves. Like it's not completely gone. It's like they but form their own utopia. It's ba- kind of. Yeah. And, and I read another yeah. article where she's like, oh, this is a utopia, but we create utopias out of things that are already kind of familiar to us like she's like i've had some version of this and it is a feeling of liberation even though it is a very short-lived sorority between these women um and i think it is like a bit of a it's definitely a jump scare when the guy shows up at the end but he's just there to deliver a message but i think it's so easy in a lot of these other similar movies to have this one guy embody like all the patriarchy but of course it's not that simple here no no, and I thought it was very interesting. To... It's never that simple with these kind of doomed romances. I guess that's what we can categorize. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I always find it. I I just found it really interesting though that the mother of all people was the that like the mo like the better representation of the patriarchy, she, you know of like you know the status quo if you will, even though it's not like saying that she's this she's not like the villain not really she's just mm-hmm. a person trying to exist in current culture she's trying yeah. to exist in reality rather than have this kind of fantasy that three women are having squared away on this island by themselves like it's not realistic or, you know in that yeah. sense assume the uh the the man that heroes would is forced to to uh like the arranged marriage like it's not like he's a bigger part in the story no he's not a character it doesn't have to be it's like yeah exactly yeah i think it is so much more interesting that's like the disney princess version of yeah like a disney villain yeah because there is like i mean we are recording this on the weekend we found out kuroa's mother was killed by dalmatians um i don't know i feel like a lot of the time there is that specifically in a movie that is so much about these relationships between women I feel like that is something I still don't see enough of, like that kind of internalized patriarchal values passed between mothers and their daughters specifically when she's talking about her own wedding and what she felt like coming here and what she wants for her daughter, even if it is feeded into these patriarchal values. Like, I think that is something that can add to a lot of tension in mother-daughter relationships. But obviously here again, it's so, it's so organic. And they make it nuanced because a lot of times they'll just... Yeah, it's sympathetic. And they don't make little... her this evil stepmother, which no. is like something they could do so easily. It'd be like the like belligerent a mother bigot. of Corella could do. Yes, possibly. No uh, Dalmatians but... in this, unfortunately. No yes. Dalmatians. That would be very funny if there were. That would... <laughs> and that's how her sister died. <laughs> oh no! They never say how she dies. Not really. They say. Well, she when didn't... we get the prequel. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, that's funny. There's just like a, little, a bunch of black and white pops. Just like, yeah. oh man. Oh god. Uh, you know, it's it, the generational thing is very funny. It's it's like you wonder um, if Heloise is taking out so much anger on this like seven. I don't like they're together for like a few weeks. I think um, two weeks. It's not. It's like a very yeah. It's yeah. It's a very short period of time, and she's taking out all this anger and regret. Um, um, with this encounter that you fear that she becomes her mom to someone else that she has to arrange a marriage for 
right? Because it's like, vicious, I don't... The vicious it's, cycle. It's mm-hmm. a vicious cycle, and, it, and maybe it's a, like, a, I don't want you to go through what I went through thing. But then it's taken as I am upholding the status um, because I know the kind of pain and hurt it can it can leave you. But that just um, creates more and that's, pain. And, and that's even more tragic. That's even more tragic. That's, that's so sad. Yeah, I do love, because it would be so easy if it was just a movie about the two of them. But through yeah. including, like, the mother and Sophie. Yeah, it just has so much more And the to abortion, say. too. Yeah, like absolutely. And how there's, like, in any other film, it could seem super maudlin or overdone that there literally is a baby that's, like, clutching her face. <laughs> but obviously, like... Even though it is employing all of these ideas, it seems like so plausible that like, oh, of course she lives in a hut with her kids. Like that right. does have a greater significance. But like, of course, they would just have to put the baby on a bed somewhere. Whereas I think any other director could have framed it as a very like, this is my big statement moment. But yeah, yeah, it could have fallen it, apart very easily. Yeah, it could definitely I, it could have I, definitely I, veered I it... into like pro-life kind of allegory, but <laughs> it didn't. Oh, my gosh. Imagine. I find it interesting that she puts, um, I, I think it's the night after they, they, they're finally together and they're, and they confess their, their love. And then like the morning after, uh, is when Sophie gets, gets the abortion. It's, it's like these yeah. two events just happen to back to back to coincide. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's done like, yeah, it. it feels like the time does stretch out so much longer. Cause again, it's so choreographed, mm-hmm. but yeah. Do you guys think Sophie knew what was going on? She's not an idiot. Yeah. I think she's very observant. Um, there's there's a lot of uh, characterization in um, yeah, Sophie. Yeah, definitely. That, she's wearing her little Reformation titty top and doing her embroidery. Oh. She's like, I never get a chance to sit down. People people are gay. Who cares? But Who cares? Good for her. Yeah. What if, what if um, like in history books, there's... There's like a lot of people like, well, they lived together, and it's, it's like one yeah. of those. Like they were very good friends. They were roommates. They and they were roommates. Um, <laughs> no, I think she, no, yeah. I, I, I think she could yeah. tell. Maybe even almost maybe, you could even say maybe even faster than the maybe than, before. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I don't know. Like she's she's the she's the best friend here. Like do you think they <laughs> gossiped? Yeah. Yeah. The... Like mm-hmm, you tell me. Yeah. Um, no, I think one I mean, is telling her something, and then the other is coming to her. And it's like, yeah, I yeah, I want bestie, that cut you know, too. <laughs> the gossip cut. I, the gossip. I everything needs a gossip cut. True. Yeah, True. Corella needs a gossip cut, and I haven't even seen the movie. I just know that to be. Oh it's so long. Well, have, how have you, you seen, seen it? it? You you wrote and directed it. I'm, I'm a little. Confused. I did. Oh boy. I did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I picked every Don't put that job. on her. See, don't, that's don't put obviously that on her. Like, You know what? Dalmatians called my mother as well, so it's like a reclamation oh, no. it's, for it's me. A, um, it's, yeah. It's an that epidemic. Is like the, yeah, that's like the antithesis of this movie actually because it's so It's I mean, so really, intentional. It's, it's about it's about grief, Corella. Oh my god. Yeah, you don't get it. It's so intentional <laughs> about music and portrait. And then in Corella, yeah. there's like a needle drop every 10 seconds like okay it's very we, careful we get it, about Disney. its music choices yeah it's very yeah yeah oh god friend yeah. of the show isaac fellowberry tweeted something like just because you can afford every needle drop doesn't mean you should use it and it's like yeah dude like, yeah the first few were fun but 
My God. <laughs> I mean, that's what you get when you give Craig Gillespie like a huge budget. You get an insane amount of needle drops. Yeah. I don't know what from the guy who brought us Itania. Exactly. You give him a Disney money. You think he's not gonna have like okay, how many needle drops can I put in this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's looking at all. But they don't have a scene of Emma Stone being like, "I was 15." Do do they have a scene in the very beginning where it's like, "You must be wondering how I got here." Yes. Oh my god. Actually, yes. (laughs) Oh my god. No, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I'm deeply unsettled. Obviously. Um. What was I gonna say? Uh. Oh, yeah, but, like, they wanted the Sophie character to definitely be its own thing. Like, she wanted, like, they wanted her to have her own issues and problems she has to deal with that aren't, isn't necessarily connected, but she did want to show, like, she wanted to make sure the solidarity of the three of them. Of those were, women, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They like, say sisterhood a decent amount um, yeah. in the interviews, and I, I get that. And it, even though, like, I mean, that is the correct way to put it. It does feel like... I don't know. Maybe I think that that word has just been kind of. I think of there's asked. one interview where she's like, "I want to subtract all conflict." Okay. And uh, you can definitely. Yeah, but there's just so much going on that it almost feels reductive, even though that yeah. is exactly yeah. what's going on. I just think yeah. that word has like been bastardized it... so much in modern pop culture discourse of like your sister, like you know, it's like. Is always like his kinda... mom a girl boss? Yeah, I know. That's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. It's when you kind of think about that. It's just like. That kind of, those kind of like, you know, like the you're talking, yeah. or like female gaze, how that's like, they talk about yeah. female gaze plenty. She does say that a lot, yeah. She's an entrepreneur. Um, but like, <laughs> but they wanted to, but they, the way they see, with any kind of film studies term, it's has like 50 different meanings to people. Yeah, right, of course. Like, no one can come up with this, you know. Fil- the female gaze is the you know is objectifying men or the female gaze is blah it's like the way that they put the female gaze is a pure collaboration of women showing their perspective in each and every single area of the film costume design um cinematographer painting all of that it is a female gaze as yeah. in the female perspective not yeah, that, that it's collaboration like, it's yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly it's like what we mentioned earlier with the amount of glances and um yeah, it's all about and, and watching and each observing. other. Like it's, yeah, it's all about just um, just as much as the audience is participating in the gaze, um, the characters are as, as well. Like, we are in... I think with any movie, we are in their shoes as much as we possibly can. It's it's one of the great examples as um, being in your in your character's perspectives, as we've seen, um, yeah, in the absolutely. last ten years, possibly. and I don't think I've and I. It's one of the most oh, yeah. generous films I've really seen between the viewer and the, like the creator in that way, just because it is so creatively, intellectually, artistically fulfilling in every sense of the word, and they allow you to take part in that so much. Like you feel so immersed in that. Um, yeah. I don't well, know. Well, it's shot like a it's fucking hard to painting. replicate. Yeah, it's very yes, hard to replicate. Yes, that's the other thing. Yeah, it, it's like I, the, I think we said yeah. some, we said something similar in, in our Carol episode, and I'll, I'll bring it here as well. This like so so much of this is like a Greek oil painting. It's so specific the way that bodies are are captured. Mm-hmm. A lot of Greek in this and as well. Yeah. Yes. 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 And one, I I, I just remembered this about about the gaze that there was that um, there was that time when uh catherine bigelow was 
promoting the Hurt Locker during that award season. And she kept getting that question about the female gaze um, in such a boy-heavy movie. And it's and it's just like she, she wanted to talk about other things, but every interview just she was always bombarded with that with that one subject so it seems yeah in this case it is so intentional i think about like female queerness and female art and collaboration but yeah just having it as a general term for a female director that's why i'm a little Mm -hmm. reluctant to just throw it around even though it does fit this film much better well when you say it you just you just have to be so like concise of what you're trying to say that's the thing you can't use these words anymore it's just like a throw them away just female gaze then move on you can't say that because you don't people don't know what you mean anymore because it's like well what the fuck like in what way and what aspect and what definition are you using it's all this like yeah. like you know like yeah. how you interpret words nowadays I, I could be wrong but i think with lorraine scrofario making um hustlers like there was some other article that that another was term? like this yeah i no I, that used the gaze and and it was just like there was another piece i remember maybe, maybe it was something else but um, i mean there was a lot of discourse about that because like, of yeah, like how yeah. much like you know that whole movie is about you know sex work in a sense and how like yeah. how the history of film with sex work and of like uh, sexualizing women so that film I mean, we'll talk about that one of those days but like oh hey Ooh, hustlers is movie. fucking incredible yeah. Um, she's gonna do she's gonna apply the female gaze to kendall roy when she directs an episode of succession this season and i'm so fucking excited her and kathy yan are both doing episodes i don't know who's doing the others but mrs Mrs. Burnham. cinema damn yeah man they can call anyone and just be like well i mean alexander skarsgård i mean it's that or knives out too you know it's your only options it's true (laughs) That's right brain, left brain. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? But, like, I, but, um, when they, yeah, the way they talk about the female gaze, I mean, everyone does. And um, Claire, maybe not so much, but, like, the two actresses and Celine talk about the female gaze a ton. Um, and the way, like, I think. In the Criterion interviews? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the way, like, um, all of them kind of talk about it is that it's not as if they're looking at women in a different way or whatever, or it's like, not that like, it, it's that they show this different kind of emotional sentiment and emotional complexity that, you know, you know, that, the, uh, that women have that like, or like the wit, not that, how can I explain this? But it's, it's that unique connection to certain kind of emotions and vulnerabilities that are different between like you know d- different between genders that like that whole having a purely collaborative female process rather than you know kind of having this either just totally male driven or kind of mixed mm. it's like you have this more um this more like a third eye i guess maybe to uh certain emotional complexities between people and between women and between um, like, like whether it's depicting friendship, um, you know, or, or, or like, you know, uh, relationships, I mean, like, uh, you know, sexual relations or whatever, just like that kind of, all those kind of dynamics have this unique perspective to it. And Nominee, like, uh, Nominee Morant is like, I think that's why this film is so well received is because that kind of pure female collaboration is just so unheard of. 
and is so yeah, not really point. seen anymore. And so that's why people it's, have this weird connection, not weird, but like this unique think, connection to this film rather than, you know, anything else that came out that year. Yeah, I think it's even mm. just like that non-patriarchal setting and just the framing is so hard. Like it's literally, they're on a remote island and that's how it's able to unfold mm. in that fashion. Like yeah. it's just so devoid of that in a way that I think it's really hard to find other films like that because we do live in that patriarchal world and that patriarchal system of filmmaking so yeah. it just does feel that yeah, it's not even like they they've broken away from the patriarchy they they've no, done yeah the breaking. it hangs over and them but yeah exactly it's not yeah, wish yeah, fulfillment yeah. And, no and it, it goes back to this being a dream it's like it, this is a memory this is just one one thing that it wasn't permanent um and it's yeah like and it's not talking about escaping the patriarchy either. Like it's, it's just done it. Like it's, it's not like we see all this pouring out about com- like complaints or something. Um, yeah, like they do have those intellectual debates, but it's not just mm. straight out being like we're gonna run away together. And a lot right, of the film, exactly, it exactly. does look like a painting, but it also does feel so dreamlike. Like the use of color yeah. and yeah. even the music. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, I didn't. That that I didn't notice when um, when I saw it first time. I'm like, oh, it's a memory, it's a recollection. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, it's like because like the framing device isn't like Princess Bride. Like we don't go back (laughs) to it or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Peter Falk is actually narrating this. It's our introduction to it, and I just I guess when I first watched it, I just forgot that that's how we got into this story, rather than it just being there. You know what I mean? Like it's like I forgot that's our entry. I forgot it was our entryway for some reason. And so it even starts with her being like, "Look at me," to the students. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and. But so when I first saw it, I was like so confused by the like the ghost, um, like the poltergeist, uh, like in uh, insertions, just having like her being this like mm-hmm. ghostly, ve- uh, ghostly dress, you know, brit- brit- uh, brightly lit in corners of the house. I'm like, what's going on here? This isn't reality. Well- What's... I mean, let's invoke a phantom thread again. It's like yes. when um, Reynolds Woodcock sees, sees his mom uh, when heavily sedated in, in poisonous mushrooms. <laughs> and it's like, True. Uh, you know, a bit See, of again, mushrooms. She could have, Alma should have put it on his armpit. <laughs> I would like you to eat this. We got, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the last two years, we got, a, we got you know, mushroom heaven uh, in like in 2019 mm-hmm. to 2018. You got the favorite, you got the beguiled, you got phantom thread. Mm-hmm. You got. No, um, no, that's right, Beguiled. Oh, Even Beguiled that, is 2017. But I still, haven't seen In the Earth yet. There's some. In the Earth. Isn't Fantasy there some in that? Or Who's in is that? that more just bio horror? The new Ben Wheatley. That has some mushroom kind oh. of stuff. Someone needs to be Who's on it? this. I saw Kill List like a few weeks oh, ago. Good. That thing rocks. It's awesome. It rips. Oh my gosh. Uh, Michael yes, Smiley, yes. just give yes. it. What give him to me. If anyone I, I w- would like to pick Kill List, I, I will be overjoyed. Dude, I mean, that we movie will be overjoyed. fucking rips. So good. Yes. yes. Anything I, mean, I can um, talk about Smiley. I just love that guy. You know, a bit of a cliche, but uh, what an ending. Yeah. That's that's for sure. Um, I wasn't... But yeah, no, but like... 
so I'm gonna spoil so... it, but Michael Smiley is tearing eyed at an opera, and it's like you know, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's true. Same thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, same yeah, thing, yeah. Yeah, 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 same thing, yeah, yeah. Um, but like I was so, I don't know when I first saw it. I was, it's weird. Just I feel like I missed everything, but I still loved it, and I'm just like, how did I? Like, if I was so confused about shit, how did I just kind of accept it and be like, yeah, no, that was I great. Think, I think I I agree with you that it's okay to miss things. <laughs> no, it's okay. Bad, I'm just surprised like, I loved it so yeah. much. Yeah, and yeah. I think that... I'm just saying that there's an explanation for that. That it, it's, I'm an it's idiot. A mood That's the explanation. <laughs> That's how I felt about that, Phantom Thread, because I didn't get spoiled for the twist so i loved it but i also walked away like what the fuck vicky yeah, yeah. vicky creeps should definitely work yes. with celine celine they well need we to gotta we gotta get our old on first i'm yes. so happy yeah. she's back yes yes vicky creeps is back and better than ever she's, she's old her. she is old well the thing about old you see um <laughs> um yeah yeah but i i think i think when you don't pick up on on things it's almost like the filmmaker isn't like they're interested in in a narrative being constructed, um, but on the backdrop, it's 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 mood, it's location, it's it's like sensory feelings. So it's as long as you're paying attention to anything, I think that's yeah, that's you get okay. the emotion. That's how I've always I've always seen is especially not to like clump it all in because um, it's absolutely not deserved to, but like foreign cinema has always been that way. Um, more than American cinema is what I've noticed. Yeah, absolutely. But um, um, especially it also helps that it's one of the best shot movies I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like that helps. Yeah, it's yeah. so gorgeous. It's extraordinary. I was watching like yeah. I just on my like TV and I'm just like this is this reminds me of like shit. when we did Blade Runner twenty forty nine and it's like mm-hmm. we can't even explain this well. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it, you yeah. gotta see it. What a picture. <laughs> Exactly. This movie, if any, you know, like sometimes when you watch like this overcomplicated plot or this like something that has so like has so much themes and you know like you feel like you're watching like a Malick movie or a Lynch movie and you're just like, God, there's so much here. I feel like an idiot. With like with Portrait, I feel like an idiot when I watch it. Not because I'm like I don't understand what's going on. I feel like an idiot because like I don't have the words to describe what the fuck I'm saying. Like, how gorgeous the shit is, and how, like, just truly, like, every every shot is, like, a, a painting. It's yeah, so... every like, element. I, I, it's, like, people said that all throughout when that movie came out. Every shot is a painting. Every shot is a painting. And it sounds so, like, redundant and, so like, cliche, but it's basic. True. Exactly. Dare I say it's, one perfect shot. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, like, but it's so fucking true, and it's because it's intentional. Because they wanted to make every yeah. shot a painting. It's just such a gorgeous whole, movie. Yeah. Like, just thinking back on all that Tenet bullshit, I'm like, I feel like I could literally watch it on my Switch, and I would be, like, <laughs> sobbing. True. You'd be, yeah. I actually saw yeah. this in my leapfrog. I should come clean with you. Your leap. Oh, damn. I'm That's jealous. A, wow. I know. Sorry, I just had a yeah. Vietnam flashback of my entire childhood. <laughs> Holy shit. Leapfrog. Well, I mean, like, that's what I watched Portrait on. I don't, I don't know. Wow. Sorry, give me um, a second here. Yeah, I have yeah. to pull my brain back to 2021. <laughs> Holy crap, leapfrog. Yeah, that's right. I know. Um, but, um, yeah. yeah. Maybe we should, wow. if we want to get it to, like, the Cannes premiere and, and just, like, the amount of hype that this had going for it in, in 2018. Yeah. I don't think any of us saw this in France, I'm assuming. Right, because Abby saw this in New York. Yeah. I mean, spiritually. 
I was right, smuggling drugs into um, France at the time, but I never got the chance to actually see. I, didn't I, get to yeah. sightsee. Yeah, no, you didn't. No, no. You didn't have time to get a journalism pass, mm-hmm, a journalism mm-hmm, pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, I, I think the it's fair to say this parasite, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, where the where the uh, oh, and lighthouse covered, and the yeah, in the lighthouse, yeah, um, were all they were all big names that that premiered there, and it was it was very splashy. And um, twenty nineteen yeah, festival season was fucking killer. Yeah, mm-hmm. T- Toronto and Spain. Yeah, like TIFF was crazy. I mean, even the shit that yeah. wasn't yeah. that didn't turn out like great or whatever. But like the hype amount, the hype uh, with everything, yeah. and like the crazy diversity of filmmakers, not necessarily in race, but just in styles, was like holy shit. Mm-hmm. It just like I remember when uh, yeah. Knives Out premiered at, at Toronto. Like that was God. a pretty crazy reaction. The FOMO was so bad that year. It yeah. really was. It was, and it's funny enough, and now we see, like, a year later, and we we're like, yeah, man, I missed that. I missed when we actually wanted to do things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. But, no, I mean, like, that whole... And then, I, yeah. I think, then, going going from Cannes to um, to playing at every other festival, and then it's, like, it's hype, uh, grew and grew, and getting a limited release in 2018, which, like, that limited release, like we mentioned earlier... It qualifies as qualifies for the show. If it didn't have that, if Neon was just like yeah, goes wide on Valentine's Day twenty twenty, then it's like we couldn't talk. I about did it. drag um, my friend to see this. I was in Chicago like a month after <laughs> I went to that New York Film Festival, and I forced my friend to go to the Chicago Film Festival screening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gun so, pointed, be like, "You're coming with yeah, me." Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Cool. It's like midnight run. You like angled it. Yeah. Um, There's just so much to take in. I was then, like, yeah, exactly. Gotta go. <laughs> Yeah, I'm forcing you. We we should and talk about. France oh, doesn't ahead, submit this at the Oscars. They submit uh, Les Yeah. And I think I, I remember a lot of people were like putting an asterisk with it, where it's like I like Les Misérables. I think it's good. Like I don't I don't think it's bad, but Portrait is a like oh, masterpiece. Like it's. Phenomenal, you know. So it's like they weren't talking shit about lame as well. Why do countries get to decide what they? That's so stupid to me. Even that when Polanski got all that shit at like the what is the French? Oh, the Caesar. Yeah, the the Caesar's that year. And they walked out. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. With Adele having one of the most legendary shit I've ever seen, just like going in the lobby clapping at people <laughs> yes and, and while selene is just behind she her just like all right let's go let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah. and adele's just like I, not with it right now she's fucking mouths out to now that we're everyone. talking about i can't believe um, i forgot the caesar happened. i feel like i blocked that entire yeah award yeah, show as a concept like, out yeah. after that that was like a few days before the world shut down too so it's like we had uh, one last thing to get out of our system absolutely um, i was wondering if you guys remembered this because the entire day today, I was trying to remember this one interview with Naomi Moran and Adele Hanel, and they're promoting the movie. And it was when I, I can't, I think it was like Avengers Endgame yes. just took number one at the box office. I think about that. And they so were like, much. as they, mu- they we are always watching like, these Avengers. Right, sheet. Mu- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. That's right. That, is that what they say? Like I was trying yes. to find the interview like, and I right. need these oh, only God. men in there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Captain America, get them out of here. Oh, that's oh, so God. funny. I wanna hear Adele and Celine's conversation about WandaVision so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Can they do a commentary for like Ant Man and the Wasp or something like that? that would... Yes. <laughs> Oh. So I think it's like it, maybe we're safe. It's like in 2019. Yeah, it's like in 2019 when uh, Scorsese said all that 
Well, I don't know. I don't know if you guys know, but he said some things about Marvel movies, and people weren't that upset about it. Wait, what? And he said he, <laughs> and he said he watched a few. Like, what? Wait, which ones did you see? <laughs> it's like his daughter with the Marvel Christmas the wrapping, wrapping paper. paper. Yeah, what a legend! So Francesca is awesome. Yeah, can we get Fran on the podcast? We yes. we were born on the same exact day. I, I that's like the Whoa. Like, okay. same year. Are same you day. sure Scorsese isn't your father? I. God, I wish that was the case. Well, I mean, like, I mean, both of you are Scorpios, then. Yeah, we're all, yeah Scorpios, gang gang, let's go. A very um, Scorpio friendly podcast, which is important. Yes. It is really important. Uh, what was I gonna say? Anti Gemini. Um. No, I'm a Gemini rising and a Scorpio moon. <laughs> it's a mess. We should, but Jack, you're talking about like it's festival run. We need to talk about how crazy of a fan base this got. Like, almost immediately. Yeah. Like... Even on the fucking letterbox with the little fire. fire You have, like, that's... They've not done that with anything else. There's no, like... There's no, like, five knives for Knives Out or whatever. And Knives Out made, like, (laughs) ten times its... I mean... Ten times... Is there gonna be five Dalmatians for... (laughs) Oh, God. Don't wait to date ourselves. But what happened... What do you guys think? What, what was the thing? Like, it just fucking took off amongst our, like, circle. Yeah, that's a good question. Like, there was, like, Instagram I, I think, pages devoted I think it's to this movie. A little, I think it's a little bit of what Abby mentioned earlier of how unheard of this amount of female collaboration is. Um, Absolutely. And, like, you know, a shot by a woman, directed by a woman. But did people um, know that immediately? Because it felt like people were already, like, before they the even The can word it. of mouth was insane. Uh, yeah. yeah, that too. But did they? Um, did I think everyone know precisely the amount of female collaborate. I'm just. I feel just like it really blew up it. a little closer to the Oscars and like yeah. the Globes, especially. Mm-hmm. And I won't pretend like, again, like, I am gay. I love this movie so much. But even like, it did get kind of toxic at points where people would be yeah. like, "Oh, it deserves it so much more than like, Parasite," and like discounting a lot of other films that year. But yeah, yeah. I do think. Um, especially building up to award season with the snub and stuff. Like, when I went on Valentine's Day 2020, it was like, yeah, it was like convention shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Very, um, very different vibe than the watching with 70-year-olds at an indie theater, although that is my ideal vibe for, like, most movies. Of course. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. a good vibe. Yeah. I mean, I, ch- everyone was in it. Screening. That that yeah. theater, the funny thing, is, that theater is like in this like big mall. Like it's not a, like a small theater. It's a bit. It's a regal, and it just shows everything. And it's like this outside. It's like the Portland version of the Grove. It's called uh, Bridgeport. And but like every time I've seen a movie there, it's usually always besides like High Life, which I've told. I think I've told that story before, where people were just not yeah. into it. They were just like, "Fuck this shit, this thing." No. So what about it? Would yeah, 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 yeah. Very, very. God, Claire Denis. Yeah, and a Celine movie Siyama. for everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need to see Claire Denis and Celine Siyama talk to each other. I just need to see that happen. What's in the, the like, same they're, room? They're so oh. different. They're so no, different. Mad, yeah, they're both French. God, remember the fuck box? It's been so long. I yeah. miss it so much. <laughs> Did you really just ask me if I remember the fuck box? box? That's like. Everything I like that that's that's in my mind twenty four seven. I know, like, how did it disappear from the timeline like this? <laughs> well, everyone can't be as cool as me, so that might be it that might be When we end this true. are we gonna see like hashtag fuckbox trending. I mean God. I just saw like a portrait tweet deck tweet which like 
was lovely, but I was like, <laughs> they both deserve that respect. That's a quality to me. It was such a whiplash. I think, I think Clay and I did the same schedule. Like we did Endgame and then High Life, like back to back. Maybe. Like, that um, that sounds possible. Yeah. That sounds possible. God, Endgame was insane because I was I was doing a placement in London, so I saw it a few days before it came out here. And when I was getting ready to fly back, there was a guy that had flown all the way to London to watch it like two days early, and was telling like everyone in the security line like he just flown over from Boston, and that was just part of the vacation. It was Jack. Nice. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Oh my God! You should have said hi. I, I just, I had a little time in my hands. Yeah. I need to, oh, boy. <laughs> I need to get out of the house. Yeah, no, 2019 was crazy, but that's this thing. But, like, it was, like, Parasite, Portrait, and Endgame. Like, Little felt... Women. There was, like, Little Women. There was just so much good shit that year. But, like, glory. But all, it, it wasn't even just, like, necessarily the quality, but just, like, how much fandom there was to each movie. I think there was the only movies that came out that year. It feels, but it, I mean, it I, I know that's like a joke, but it sometimes feels yeah. like it with how much it dominated discourse, just like, cert, like, just like true. five yeah. movies that aren't blockbusters. Like, yes, Endgame, I mean, that's kind of every year though. True. But like, I don't know, Portrait, what was this year's Portrait? I mean, this, okay, this is Not the bad It's going to be the, God, it's going to be the Dune Worm. I'm starting a Dune Worm yeah. fandom right that's, now if anyone wants fair. to join. That's fair. All I'm, right, I'm in. I'm with you. But, okay, but, like, what's the 2018, 2018 portrait? A film that's, like, a foreign... Not necessarily... Maybe it doesn't even have to be foreign, but a film that's not a blockbuster mid-budget that has an, inc- like, incredibly ravenous fan base almost immediately. Like, from fe- built by Festival Hype? Festival Hype, just the nature of the movie, whatever yeah. it may be. This doesn't yeah, really apply, but I do love how much of a fandom Venom has built up. Hell yeah! Okay, hell yeah! Okay, I'm so excited. Hell yeah! I don't, I don't. Abby, we okay. can do this all day. Oh my God. Venom is fucking awesome. He jumps in a That's lobster There tank, will be carn. God, I think I don't know if we were talking. Yeah, the Venom Star is born double feature is one of my favorites I've yeah. ever done. <laughs> I didn't see Venom in theaters because I was a loser. I saw. After it left the ears, and I've never been more mad at myself. I'm not making that same I think mistake you with would, Carnage. You'll need to have your card revoked. Honestly, yeah. honestly, I did not know this. Yeah, someone nice. needs to bring looking... Venom for this podcast. Oh, I have been okay. Waiting. Be cautious of your words there. I've been oh waiting. <laughs> Dread and Venom are my two one, the two ones that I'm just yeah, like your... I'm like yeah, just around the, the only corner, superhero just... film. Just, yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. There was no other comic book movies this decade, so no. it's interesting. No. Um, funny how um, that works. I'm looking through 2019, my ranked, and another fest like festival premiere at Sundance that I saw a few months after, and then went back to see this director's work because they didn't have that big of a catalog. Was the souvenir? I mean, it, it, impeccable, right? Just like everything you want and more. Yeah, but that didn't even like. Yeah. Not the know. same level. No, I mean, it's, I'm not saying good. I'm not saying it applies to your. No, to your I don't thing, understand. But, but I don't think yeah, that the thing yeah, is I'm just I, I'm kind of built you both up to fail because I don't think anything applies to what I'm saying. Not from 2018, <laughs> yeah. 27, yeah. like what? It just almost. I, no, this. I think you're right though. This is an anomaly. Um, yeah, definitely. Parasite was big, that, uh, but that was like yeah. that was positioned to be. It's like a not- very notable director who's already, you know, who made sways into American film. Has like beloved, beloved, uh, mm-hmm. or a beloved 
a Korean actor who's already been like a fan favorite of film Twitter. Like, yeah. and it also, but I guess, I think Neon, man, maybe is Neon the yeah, neon, neon, No, Neon's really good at marketing. Neon is that and girl. Really good. And even, yeah, with Bon, <laughs> he had those Hollywood ties already, so. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what? It more of an amo- anomaly. I, mm-hmm. I think something else you can relate, Portrait and Parasite, to. They're filmmakers that have kind of, this feels like a culmination for both their careers. This is something that I think we we knew they were capable of ever since they started, and now this is just a very logical. I mean, for myself, it's just a very logical um, point where it's there. Where it's like this is what they've been leading up to ever ever since their inception. Yeah, for Bong and Celine Dion. Yeah, just I insane. Mean, it was the same year. Yeah, I know. They were just yeah, twenty nineteen. I mean, I think we've 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 chatted about like the best years of the decade a few times but this is absolutely one of them um yeah i think i'll I, i'd usually cite 2013 as well it's yeah my favorite well between venom let there be carnage the dune worm <laughs> the new pta talking yeah. all, you're just speaking my language here, gucci speaking my let's language let's go fucking gucci i feel like the italian press leaked that entire movie already though <laughs> i know I feel like it's it's gonna be nothing but those photos. Just it's, vibes. It's re- it's really Scott's Austin Powers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, really looking forward to M Night, Ammonite, uh, Annette. Wait, it's Annette. Am- right. Ammonite yeah, was Annette. The, actually the lesbian movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I confused that, myself. That yes. Came out that fucking SNL skit sketch where it's like Ammonite and Portrait oh. of Lady on Fire are the Christ. same. What was the Catherine Watterson movie that came out? The 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 period piece. Yes, yes. Fucking world Um, to come. World to come. Yeah. yeah, Have you seen that? Abby, is that good? Mm, That's my response. Got it. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. Okay. Because that was the other. um, uh, What's your name? Oh my gosh. Um, Vanessa Vanessa Kirby. Kirby. That was the other one. She did have a good year. Good festival season. With, yeah, and then uh, awards buzz that died down very fast. <laughs> she got nominated. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I yeah, but I think port yeah, but I think you're right though. Like portraits, fandom, like toxic and and healthy. It was. It just seems. I'm glad like that's behind us from, now because it does feel like yeah. such a classic already and. As, yeah, that was a bummer. Yeah. It, feel, it feels like a timeless classic. It does, um, and solidifying it with Criterion and putting it out, because um, it's like it's very rare that they. I mean, they've done it more and more. With, like, they did that with yeah. Parasite. Yeah, Netflix stuff. Parasite. Too. Um, yeah, that's true. Irishman and Marriage Story. They already did Roma, right? Yeah. 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 Um, wildlife, another film we covered. Um, but, but yeah, like wildlife. That's. You can't even compare, like, you think about, like, just think about those kind of, like, that size of a movie with that kind of, like, mm. somber Tiny, vibe. small cast. Yeah, like, just, yeah. like, fuck, he was like, yeah, that had Paul Dano in it. And it, you know, it, like, what well, didn't, it, like, no one, yeah. have this, sh- I mean, not did. in it, but it Directory. had Paul Dano directing it and Jake Gyllenhaal in it and, Kate, and like, yeah. Carrie Mulligan. But this French film that is directed by someone that not ever, not a ton of people have seen their work by. I don't think anyone really knew Adele Hanel's name or Nominee Merlant before this, but no, this film captures the mind of, like, a huge fandom. And I don't even think, and I bet it was a lot of people who weren't even, like, 
film Twitter people. Just like people, like it. Yeah. It feels like too big of an audience for it to mm-hmm. just be like people who watch uh, Criterion movies or whatever. Like it. It mm-hmm. felt like it got like the like I don't want to say the normies, but it it grabbed to the other people like the ma- mass audience wise, and it's just like it, it, it's incredible. And I I get it. And it was I mean, as a straight white man, I don't totally get it, but. <laughs> I can understand because of the quality of it and how much it feels right. unique to it, but it, it's still pretty crazy to think how much of hype and, like, discourse it brought. Especially with the weird release schedule. The yeah, weird exactly. rollout it had as well. Like, I do think it is a very... It's a very special film. It's a very special queer film. Like, I think we haven't seen a lot of... On the same level as that, or, like... Yeah, I think it's very unique in a lot of different regards. Mm. Yeah, and I think IFC put out Wildlife, I'm pretty sure, and they're notorious for just kind of like, well, here it is in a small run in New York and LA theaters, and then mm-hmm. it'll go to rental. And so it's like they're not as savvy as I think Neon is um, with, very, with being so aware of, of what they have with them. I think it's kind of worth mentioning as as well, since we did on its episode, that the contrast and reception with Blue is the Warm's Color mm-hmm. um, can't be further from, from different. It is interesting, because the only, like, really intercourse we get is, again, with, like, the armpit weed, but it's such an... Er- <laughs> it feels like such an erotic film versus that... Mm-hmm very extended sex scene that the actresses weren't right. super comfortable with like it just couldn't feel more opposite yeah yeah and, it, and you've you feel like this this has gone on this relationship has expanded for years mm-hmm. even though it's just two weeks and i think blue is the worst color like that that goes that on lasts over years, years and you're like but, you just met right, each other yeah <laughs> Yeah, especially going from watching Portrait in a theater to watching it, like, on Hulu, I didn't, it didn't strike me how late in the film they actually get together. It it's felt an hour like, and 20 minutes. They had, film. like, maybe, what, like, 30, 35 minutes, and it felt so much more balanced to me when I was in the theater. Crazy. I, and also, another thing about, we were talking about, like, well, how much you pictured, like, I thought there was an explicit sex scene in this movie. I was convinced I was like, there's something pretty hot and heavy going on. Like, there's this, like, you know, like something. Yeah, thinking tasteful. back, you're like something definitely. Exactly. And I think it's because we have this, this need for it, this desire to see, to see them be intimate, even, even if it's just the slow burn of, Celine Scalman. She's even aware that we want it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, um, the resistance to that is like even it's like a little painful. It's like. It makes us upset. Like, we want... Like, it's so obvious. Like, they they have a crush on each other. Yeah, Just, and then again, um, the use of then, music, yeah. like, how, as it's playing, when they have that first kiss, it feels painful, like, when it culminates mm-hmm. in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's been phenomenal. I, but, like... It's fire. I... <laughs> this girl is on fire. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna try to move on. I'm trying to be professional here. Um... <laughs> But no, but like, I also think it's just because it was, I just, that movie has such a longing sense, like such a perfect sense of sensuality and uh, sexual tension 
that you mm-hmm. that it's, it becomes this Mandela effect of like, well, man, that I remember that movie being so hot and heavy. So there's something real sexual, sexually explicit in it. There has to be. How else would I have this memory, or how else would I have this <laughs> feeling of pure like tension? And then you're like, yeah, well, no, that was just like good filmmaking. It wasn't. They didn't like show like an actual. Not it's just really. craft. It's just yeah. yeah it's just craft. It's yeah. Like, and when you yeah. think of like blue is the warmest color, I don't really feel that way. I mean, it's been a while, but oh, I don't boy. have those feelings I feel at all. I was thinking about that. Yeah. yeah. I need a shower. <laughs> she puts her fist into a mouth in broad public, and I just I can't do it. It happens uh, in a bar. In no the kink middle at of the pride. Day at like two p.m. <laughs> And you just, what? No. Right you know, in like, front of well, my like, salad? <laughs> I just. It's like that meme, like um, what they advertise to the gays, but it's like what the gays are actually are. And it's just like Blue's Warm Skeller and Portrait of Lady on Fire. Absolutely. Side by side. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because, so, yeah. like, if we're talking about the female gays, of course I had to be like, well, I don't want to sound like a complete dumbass. So I'm going to do some light Googling about the female gays so I don't get this shit wrong. And so, like, you know, I look on the Wikipedia page, just be like, I guess what's on here, what's under here? And they're, like, and, like, you know, female gay, like, the modern uses of their modern criticisms, and Blue's Warmest Color is definitely, like, one of the big mentions of, like, this is, like, the male gaze. Like, this is definitely, like, the mm-hmm. opposite. And I remember, like, we've done, funny enough, we've done the Blue's Warmest Color. We have had that episode. We had that with uh, Valerie Complex to talk about how much we hated it. Um, or not hate. Yeah, I, I she hated it. I think we both I, disliked I mean, it. I mean, quite. and she I, loves I, I don't know what the Portrait of a Lady on, on Fire. Is. I think she's seen it yeah, yeah. way more times. Oh yeah, she I when I asked her to be on, she was like, "Well, I probably should come on for Portrait." And then she was like, "Well, okay, I've done like five different podcasts on Portrait. Let me do something else." Yeah, gotta mix it up. Um, yeah, and but like, and, and a quote. So the person who originally wrote the Blue is Warmest Color quote after seeing that movie because she was the graphic novel right disgusted so. with it i forget her name uh but she mm. but she's like you could tell by watching that movie there was no lesbians on set and with portrait <laughs> of a lady on fire there was in fact lesbians on set yes. yeah and i think like she's literally selena's talked about it like is made by one mm-hmm. yeah like it is like that is seen as something so dangerous to like the male gaze or that like kind of filmmaking like they do kind of seek to control that image whereas for this one there was just so much even more than like the female gaze like about the class between women and like the different solidarity and it just felt so Power much dynamics. richer than being like oh well, you got titties out and they're both girls so <laughs> female gaze <laughs> right <laughs> and I, it's it's almost as if she could only make or yeah she could only make this movie inside of a period piece this it's like what we mentioned before it's it's the only one of her movies that isn't contemporary. Yeah, it's back um, to contemporary with the new one. I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, apparently she wanted to do her... Her motivation to doing a period piece is because she was tired of the bullshit of real period pieces. Uh, not real period pieces, but other period pieces, like the ones that were dominated by Hollywood... Uh, that Hollywood, That was dominated by Hollywood in the sense of, like the ravishing dresses and all of like you know like gold-plated uh you know like gold-plated uh silverware and mm-hmm. like all the red you can think of on the walls of a, a castle and that kind of shit um mm-hmm. like she wanted like well that's not how it 
was. Like, that's not real. Like, that's, yeah, like, like that's it was so important. bullshit. It was so important to her to see these people at work and see them, like, mm-hmm. making dinner or playing cards and... And wearing yeah. the same dress. Which I like, think it wouldn't have yeah. worked as well if it wasn't someone who was so used to capturing those intricacies of modern life before she took this right. on. Oh, there's something very modern about it, and yeah. she knows it, she knows it yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and she got a lot of pushback about, like, well, um, like, she got pushback for having nominee have short hair. Like, people were like, you can't do that. That's not how, it, like, that's not what a period piece is. And she's like, well, no, I mean, I've talked to, like, sociologists, or not sociologists, but, um, like, historians, and they're like, no, it's, like, okay. Like, she like, will have oh, the receipts. <laughs> yeah, like, but even then, they were like, well, that's not how it's done usually. And she's like, well, that's just incorrect. Like, and yeah, she right. wanted the house to be very spare, because even if they were, like, you know, people are an aristocrat, it doesn't mean they have, like, a shit ton of money in the sense, and have, like, every single piece of the house be like covered in paintings or uh like you know or, or uh, accessories uh she ca- in the interview she called them goodies which i found very charming <laughs> um and but like she wanted something that felt like she wanted all of the artifice taken out um mm. and she wanted something more like if she wanted she wanted to do a period piece the correct way and she like that's like the way she did like that's why she was so involved with all the costuming and stuff and that's and like she just got pushed back a ton while she was making it about just how like well this isn't usually how they're depicted or this isn't usually how period right, pieces are made yeah yeah that's that's silly i think that's nonsense <laughs> but it's like well, it, 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 we've yeah. the odd like hollywood and film in general like trained the audience to expect this one thing so studios are just like we can't go we can't divert we can't divert i don't care if it's yeah. historically inaccurate if i divert. do not get my goodies i am walking out exactly of yeah it's like that fear <laughs> that constant like fear of like you know yeah. it has to have all of this like you're talking about check boxes yeah check like, all of that off yeah legit that feels like kind of like 90s period pieces too where it's just mm-hmm. like very stiff and and um it would be as regimented as possible to like sort of have the opposite of Sling's gamma's mentality we need to, like, we cannot make this unless it looks exactly like the late 18th century. <laughs> um, but here it's it's just a Celine Sciamma movie, but with the window dressing of a period piece. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's almost like it's inspired by a trend that The Favorite kind of started, where we see these period pieces, um, kind of Jane Austen in that vein. Um, and, and maybe we even mentioned this similarly on, on a, in a Corona episode um but we we look at things like emma and the great that came out last year and it's like they have a sly sense of humor to them and it's like the string orchestral score um it's very energetic and it's like it's less stiff than than what we saw a few decades ago it's it's an, it's interesting i i wonder where this goes from here or if it's yeah. or if it is just for a few we can't just have the Bridgerton industrial complex, okay? <laughs> I know. What's the portrait to Bridgerton? Bridgerton industrial uh, complex. That's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, God. That's funny. Love it. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, because it, like you see, yeah. like Ammonite coming out. Like everyone, and it was done by Neon as well. And everyone just is like, oh, yes. the portrait ripoff. And like it, it is. I haven't seen it. 
like maybe it is maybe it's right. not yeah, i don't know it's so weird that reception yeah is. it was a wet fart so of a reception strange like, eh. i mean it was a wet fart of a movie apparently i mean i had like some yeah i don't I, see I, we needed to get mare on the phone we do need to get mare oh that's right god just kate vaping that one no <laughs> that's why it fell apart <laughs> that's the that's the issue yeah it was like a saoirse ronan yeah, movie the, after little women and everyone was saoirse, like eh. yeah like what? I believe it was the follow-up to Lily. I know this yeah, is crazy. I love, yeah. I love Francis, but it was just not it for me. Yeah. Um. But like, yeah, and so after that, what was I saying? But like, uh, to world uh, the Catherine Watterson movie. Like, I mean, it doesn't necessarily always have to be like you know, like you know, you mentioned Emma. And so, I don't know, maybe there's something, but, like, you, now, like, shit on Netflix, like, Bridgerton or whatever, I guess there's something to this that might be going, I don't think mm-hmm. it's, like, to- I think a lot of this is unrelated, like, I don't know if Portrait is totally related to Emma, but, like, there yeah. is that kind of vibe of, like, going back to that time and focusing on female mm-hmm. protagonists that could be... It also be... feels very choreographed. Yeah, it and is. so, like... Yes. Who, who knows if that goes anywhere or if that's just like a weird like pop-up like we're into this now wait never mind um and, you know like maybe streaming services jump on it and be like we need to have one of these for um like we this is a new thing we need like you know shitty romantic comedies right. Right. you know weird action movies and now this like i don't know yeah um but i don't know it could like sort of a yeah 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 like a riff on period pieces that are that are kind of self-aware like can you believe we're wearing a dress like this yeah <laughs> i would i guess i, I don't know yeah i would expect I more emmas sense. than more portraits that's what i would say of course yeah definitely yeah i yeah um yeah yeah and emma's good Yorgos i like them i don't know laid the blueprint yorgos laid, laid the blueprint with a favorite yeah absolutely i even think phantom thread it also Ooh. has that yeah. propulsion yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Also has, but also yeah, is Re- funny. Rebecca it's like too. dark, like, yeah. it's like, so funny. Yeah, that's, yeah. Th- uh, yeah. No, it's the best comedy of 2017. I mean, yeah, sure. I, I, yeah. It's one of those things where I can't argue with you. I don't know. Like, I know. Sure. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a ripper and comedy. Okay. It's a knee slapper. Um, uh, I yeah. also love the way this, this movie opens. It's like, there's no, pro, I mean, prologue is the beginning, yes. Yep. <laughs> Not epilogue. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing that, like sets you up like um i i love we don't get the assignment until we arrive there and it's white canvas that's where it starts it's it's a blank canvas yes um oh i i completely forgot about the framing device but um i I guess my mind i i started um when she's dropped off at at the beach but i was i was going to mention that it's it's a lot like the lighthouse where we see um, uh, uh, Abraham and, and Wake, they they're just washed up on, onto the onto God. the beach as though they're that also blown was into the, saw by the a wind. million memes where it's like, is Portrait the lighthouse for girls? That's <laughs> that so shit. funny. I I mean like we keep talking about how good of a year twenty nineteen was, and I didn't know what to put at the top of my list so i put the lighthouse and portrait because they're they yeah. just both take place in islands like i'm just like take it just i have like four <laughs> but... tied in my head for I that know. year it's so yeah it was... yeah honestly. robert pattinson fucking a mermaid armpit weed yeah what do you 
you know, that's the what's going on. They coexist in my head. They do. Yeah. They do. They're one of a kind. <laughs> Truly. But both of a kind. Two peeds in a pod. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I, I think that, yeah, I think people will try to be like, oh, I'm going to make the next portrait or whatever. Like when, I, and when any of these kind of movies come out, like, you know, that same things that like make a huge impact. And I think there's going to be like a few more attempts and then we're all, then we're going to be like, well, that wasn't like, no, you, you can't. Yeah. Even with like Ammonite and World to Come, they feel like they're made so differently, but just because of the seaside yearning lesbian period romance i just hope that doesn't get thrown out with every single thing in that subgenre, if you yeah. want to call it that yeah mm-hmm. and hopefully we get more diversity in the in lesbian period dramas yeah absolutely because that's that was i mean because yeah. even though like yeah it is loved... worth criticizing yeah uh, like yeah portrait, it is like yeah more diverse queer films period yeah. Of yeah it just i think it's also because it's just such quick succession of mm-hmm. like Ammonite, World to Come, like oh, I'm probably missing others, but it's just like all groups. You need together. to get them away from the ocean. <laughs> Apparently. No more Apparently. seaside walks for at no least more. a year. No, no more. Yeah. Oh. It boy. started with the um, Michael Fassbender and Lizzie Vikander one, The Light oh, Between the Oceans. God, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, How that's you, where. That's where the. You have a broken brain. It's like. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess I do. Like, the blueprint was just laid out right there. I can't... It's just... You can recall that. I mean, I can recall that, too, so I do have a broken brain, but it's just, like, just being able to recall that out of, in, it, like, instant mm-hmm. is, like, man, we're weirdos. Weirdos. Okay. Uh, anything else we want to cover? Edited. Like, it's so... It's so well edited, too. Oh, yeah, editing's great. Like, I, I think... I think the, the placement of each scene um like again I, I think it goes back to how well structured everything is so it's it's like you don't you don't think like oh well you can just rearrange this like um yeah yeah it just it feels so haunting too yeah but as as we said <laughs> before yeah i would love a celine horror movie mm, yeah. i man i would yeah give me like a crimson peak or whatever like i i don't know just give me something something gothic mm-hmm. i don't know I, I don't know if she wants to do genre stuff i would love to see her do it but i it doesn't seem like her bag just from yeah, the way no. she talks about stuff and she's very much a yeah. like you said earlier abby naturalistic so i don't i don't see her doing anything like supernatural or too heavy genre stuff but like i don't know i mean she, we just need to keep her away from the other marvel tv yes. shows and then everything yeah. will be fine yeah. What's your Falcon Winter Soldier take? Oh, God. <laughs> you know, I think it is noticeable that she didn't talk about that. If like, I don't think right. she has a take on that one. Yeah, uh-huh. I think her bread and butter is definitely coming of age stories, though. So I think I wouldn't be surprised if we would get more of those in the future. Well, I mean, people were so surprised when we're like, "This is like after like three coming of age movies in a row." You're like, "Yeah," and they were so modern drama. too. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, well, her. Yeah. Funny enough, she was like, she never. And there was wanted... a pretty long break between this and Girlhood too, so it's like mm-hmm. it must have been in development for a long time. Yeah, and well, then what is it called? Petite Maman is coming out later this year. Yeah. I can't speak French, but yeah. much quicker. <laughs> really. Um, but funny enough, when she was talking to Diana Stevens in that Criterion interview, is like she mentions that she actually never really put those three. I mean, those three coming of age movies are technically modern, but she never. 
Like she pointed out, she never has cell phone and cell phones in them. She doesn't want them to be such associated with associated with time. But she is making, but and she, but she does realize that she is making a very strong and uh, specific choice by putting, like, by making a period drama set in a specific era, like a specific century, a specific kind of like, like you know, like time. So this was her first real like movie where she was very conscious about time, obviously. And I and it it seems like that was very much like it. It doesn't seem like she wants to make five more period pieces. Just the way she talks about it, it seems like this was a very like inspired thing. She says that she wrote the movie from like the end is what first came to mind, and she wrote the movie from there. The ending yeah, of that seems, the that opera. Seems right. That's like what was the main i main focus and idea. Yeah. Um, and it seems like a lot of great movies like stem from one scene or an image, mm-hmm. and then they just sort of like iron out the shirt from there. It's it's pretty crazy how that how that can happen. Um, and, th- and this is like just a labor of of love. This this entire package like this is something like it, she needs to get out of her system. And yeah, it's, it's so like, personal too. I mean, yeah, it's we you can even relate it back to the portrait of um Eloise like this it's it becomes not an assignment but then something with um with love in in meaning and uh something to to keep forever like like the movie is it's like yeah like art is it's great yeah you see it's layered you know a lot of things going on a lot of a lot of right a lot of of ideas much to think about Uh, is there anything else we want to talk about before we get to favorite scene? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's so much. There is always so much. That's the thing. There's always so much. Yeah. (laughs) Anything else we want to go to? Yeah. I don't have anything. I'm good. Good movie. Yeah. What a picture. What a picture. What a, yeah, what a picture for sure. Uh, Yeah, this is, I think you you mentioned this earlier, but this is definitely like a timeless classic that we'll live on. Um, yeah yeah and i i think it's one of those movies where no one has too many bad takes about as well which is appreciated Mm -hmm. yeah um you'll see one one or two but mostly pretty good um was your friend who wrote on rotten tomatoes the one or two uh no no he he loved it actually no i i only associate myself with people who love this movie so nice nice um so favorite scene does anyone have one on the top of their head or do you want me to go first would the guest one go first yeah abby do you have a favorite scene damn i have mm. so many um there are so many the ending was kind of a jump scare for me when i walked into the wrong theater so i mean you can't really beat the ending like <laughs> no, even when it yes. talks about that act of looking and like voyeurism like it's almost painful how long it lingers on her as she goes through all of those yeah. emotions and then I watched a interview where Adele's like, yeah, it, that slow zoom yeah, Adele's like, yeah, it, it wasn't that hard. Like I read the script and I had an idea and I just kind of did it. She's like, it's not that hard. You guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like chill out. Like it's not, she's that a weirdo. Awesome. I love her. She's a weirdo though. <laughs> she's weird. She's a weirdo, <laughs> but yeah, it's hard to beat that one. I'm just can't get over the music in this movie. Like both of those scenes, they just stick in your head for so long. <laughs> I mean, those are like the, the one, scenes, yeah. The, the middle one is the titular lady on fire. She, the poster. It gets lit on Everything. fire. The titular, yeah. 
Um, See, like, yeah. for me, like, what I really like is the opening shot of, like, the easel, and then when it cuts, and then, like, there's this other shot, and it says directed by Celine Sciamma, and everything between there. <laughs> yeah, those are the, the best swoosh. ones. Yeah. I like when they yeah, kind yeah, of the flip best. it around, because the first half of the movie, it is so much through Marianne's perspective, and then when Eloise is mm-hmm. like, oh, well, if you're looking at me, who am I looking at? And it's kind of like that bonk yeah. meme. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's so many <laughs> memes. It just kind of makes you gasp every single time. Oh yeah, it's such a power. I mean, and I think yeah. this is. I think another thing, actually, going back to it, like that's a really good point. That this movie is unconventionally made for like gifts and <laughs> online disc, um, like not not discourse, like um, just images and and things to like no- notice, like like kind of memes a little, a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, it memes itself a little. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very funny that <laughs> how that works. Um, Clay, do you have a scene? Uh, yes, I do. I will go with. Well, I don't know. Maybe that one because it's such a huge fucking like. You think you have me figured out, but I have you figured out too. And it's like a lot of the. I mean, this movie is about power dynamics and equality. Equality. I want to mention equality. The word equality was used so much in all of these interviews. I've yeah. noticed that. Oh, yeah. She's because, even like, equality is a pleasant feeling. Like, yeah. that's another good line. She wanted, because she felt that in most period pieces, there was never real equality in a relationship. There was always an alpha or someone who had, like, you know, there was always this, like, power dynamic of someone power higher dynamics. than the other. Whether it yeah. be, like, social, class, whatever, like, or just, like, gender. Or gender, exactly. Right. And so right. she, her thing was, and the, the reason, like, she realized that nominee was, like, pick was because she felt the most equality with those two in the room adele and um nominee moran and it's like and so that scene might be it for me because it's just so it's like the it's like the it's the film you know it's like two people completely equals but also you know observing each other and it's like it's the gaze it's uh the you know the the female gaze the observation uh you know the um uh the what was i gonna say the equality of it and also, like, the, the sexual tension and all of that just stuffed into one mm-hmm. scene. So, actually, I, yeah, I ca- talked to myself into it. That's my favorite scene. I think yes. even, yeah, like, they talk about equality, but it's not hitting you over the head with that. It also reminds me of, like, I think during an interview, Celine was like, oh, we want to make consent seem sexy and just fit that in. Like, they even work it in where they have those this was a mask before we all wore masks. But when they have those things yeah, over, yeah. those handkerchiefs over their mouths when they kiss for the first time and they remove them and then they just go right into it. Like, it's such a naturalistic, like, beautiful way of framing it. But you don't even really think about yeah. it in that sense in the moment. Literally, they're removing their guards. Yeah. And like, yeah. The layers. Well, Adele was like, the way she talked about it, she was very conscious of the idea of... Like she said, she had a process. Like a, when she talked about it, was it like I took it off and I kissed her? No, no. no. Like she had like a three. She had a, like a three-step process of her performance. And I'm curious. And I, I, I don't know. I didn't really figure this out, but I was, I was curious if they shot this film in like uh, what's it called in succession, like or um. No, they didn't. They did they, the they, exteriors yeah, first, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, they did. It's the weird because first, the way yeah. Adele talks about it, it's so meticulous in the sense of the process between like the arc of her character and that like there's this you hit this one like she said she wanted to be this kind of like statue 
at first someone who was just like who, who was kind of always just like statuesque and not really engaging but kind of there yeah. and then the second is having like parts of the mask be cracked and you see some moments of intimacy but you're not but she's still mm-hmm. guarding and then you the third is her being completely like to get like completely yeah. connected in it's like abby mentioned earlier it it, remind, it does remind you of the hitchcock blonde it's like that unveiling of of this character like um archetype yeah and so but like you know it, it's so it's really you know it's just really interesting to hear adele talk about it because like she Veiled puts so much time to it. especially the sex scene stuff like she had the most like to say for sure about like how irregular it was to, for it to not feel like totally awkward and she uses the word violence a lot because she feels that in a lot of in a lot of movies that the sex scenes can be just being like not not violent in the typical sense but like how it takes Mm -hmm. away agency from the actress the way they film it and the way they like in like most movies and how she like she she had a very personal connection to like how they made that whole thing work and how comfortable she felt and how it didn't feel like the armpit thing was something they created like on set they wanted to do something new and something more interesting and erotic and she said that like she said like the it, it, the creativity of it was the most erotic thing about it like how it wasn't mm-hmm. done before and the yeah. myst- like you know the kind of not mysterious yeah i think she said the mysteriousness of it too um yeah. but you know i think the middle scene i think that scene when they're both like talking about like each other's like ticks and stuff and how Adele, um, how um, Heloise kind of flips, flips it on um, on Marianne. That's my favorite scene. And there's this there's this one interview with with a filmmaker. I'm pretty sure it was Bridley Scott who was like, I I never direct sex in in my movies because you can't be there. It's it's inherently awkward to film something you you are just watching two people do and you have like no control over it. And it's like, I, I, I understand that point as well, where it's like, you feel, you feel like a little strange that you're just watching, watching this, but there's also like a narrative unfolding before and after. Um, but yeah, when, He's when it's like crude. the focal point. Of- <laughs> he just wants to see women fuck cars and that's all he wants. Of course. Ridley Scott. The counselor, Cameron Diaz. Oh yeah. Oh that's, yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's a good poll. Thank you. <laughs> Someone fit the counselor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was I gonna, What's I was your favorite gonna thing? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was I was going to watch a few interviews like you did, but I usually go to the uh, film at Lincoln Center um, interviews, like the moderated panels. In this one moderate this one woman she was so still i had to turn it off she's like she just had like no energy to asking the questions it was so weird like how did you prepare for this role this is going to naomi go and it's it's just like can't you just like interject a little bit of so it's just like "Ah, no more just so i so yeah um i think that the scene they uh they're 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 together after i I can't remember when the movie this is actually but naomi is uh oh shoot no that's the actress um uh marianne is is painting um always and she's she's noticing these ticks that she has 
and she's like, you qu- you quiver your lip. That's when the scene I just chose. Yeah, right. the same one. <laughs> we all chose the same oh. scene. Oh, you're kidding. I, oh. This it's a good, good scene. It's very good. Oh, okay. Wait, I thought, well, Abby, I thought you chose the ending. Yeah, but <laughs> then I also chose that scene. And then okay, well, okay, I'll scene. choose it. I'll choose another one then. All right. I want right. to break the rules. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's do this. Let's I, do this. Um, <laughs> Abby Montiel is here for chaos. <laughs> Joker 2, like we said earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Abby's like applying like makeup. It's, just, it's like the whole Yeah, clown. you can't no. see it, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll pick the scene of like. Oh of them like having the conflict over the first painting i think that's like really well like i that's mm-hmm. you so much is going on with marianne in that moment like so many emotions and her just like fully realizing like, wait what the fuck am i doing here like why like she was just it, it's like everything she's like how am i like in this place in this in this predicament right now i should just like give the painting off why am i even thinking about all of this why have do i have so many emotions about this whole thing and then she just like then she like wipes it or uh, wipes the painting and just was like so and her yeah. doing that like you can just see her like pain while she does it is so it's so good and funny enough i remember there was a big shot in the trailer too yeah was, funny mm-hmm. enough so the painter that like the painter i forget her name i apologize but the painter that celine found on instagram that they used it's very french they used, it's very french that, yeah. that they used for this um that's how like that was the paintings that so she so the painter would paint portraits and have like the eyes like like kind of like in like the parasite uh in the parasite posters but not like just black blocks but like wipe wipe like the Mm -hmm. eye lines and stuff and that's where she first discovered them so it's kind of like an homage to that it's um helene domer i can't pronounce french stuff yeah exactly we're just god that's so i wonder why we were yeah that's why we're avoiding it (laughs) jack what's your pick yeah yes i should have picked you want to pick mine? <laughs> so this is once when she rubs the painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How about I'll just go? I'll just go with the bonfire. Yeah. Um, so, Great. Um, Perfect. It, it's uh, <laughs> shot reverse shot. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's just haunting and, uh, um, yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, the fire stuff. I love how yeah. Claire yeah, talked about the cinematographer. So the fire stuff was really hard to shoot. Because she wanted, because it would a lot of times overpower, like overpower the um, like the actors, and in the sense of like it would kind of mm. distract from the glow and the like. They again, they keep talking about the skin. You could, it would just kind of refl- like overpower like how you would see the actor, and so they had to figure out different ways. A lot of it was just like, a lot of it was experimenting. This whole movie was just like, let's see mm. how this works. Is, does this work? Does that mm. that work? And just like trying shit. It seems pretty exciting. Like I think and. Celine said yeah. some very similar things of just like we were trying to just experiment through the whole time working with each other, see what see what works, see what doesn't, um, and kind yeah. of just like it seems like a lot of experimenting, but trying to find unorthodox ways to get to concrete goals. Yeah, the lighting stuff in particular, like I, I can't remember all of it, but Claire talked about it, and it's like there's a lot of different steps they took. They had mm-hmm. to have three different lighting sources to make sure it like got, had the like exact kind of tint they wanted to really highlight everyone's like skin complexion make it look like a painting i love this this one shot of the three of them going up to the bonfire and against the sky and it's at night but you can and against the sky yeah it's it's like you can see that make out the shadows yeah it's great it's great this whole thing is great it's great 
Abby, you're great. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having this me. Is awesome. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Anything you have to plug? Please come back Where anytime. Where can everyone find you on the yeah. internet? Where can everybody find you on the internet? Yeah. Yeah. So I will. We should have done that the whole time. I will like, be waiting just, like, for Venom. Let there be carnage. Hell yeah. Local movie theater, but yeah. otherwise yes. you can find me at Abby E Montiel. Also very French, which is ironic because I can't say any of the names, but yeah. Excellent. Awesome. Jack, where can everyone find um, you? Yeah, I am on Twitter at Jack A. Draper. Um, my writing on film can be found at The Simple Cinephile and Cineflix Daily, uh, my own personal medium, stuff like that. Uh, this movie is available on Hulu, like we've mentioned a few times. Uh, it's on Criterion. You can uh, buy a copy today. <laughs> Criterion, sponsor us if you want to. Um, I was, I was going to mention something else, uh, but I forgot. Ah, oh, shoot. Well, there you go. Yeah. No worries. Yeah, but everyone can follow me at Birds of Clay on Twitter, and you can follow me at, on Instagram at Mr. Clay Williams. Oh, you can follow me on Letterbox at uh, Birds of Clay as well. Um, you can follow the podcast Twitter account at ETT Pod. You can now follow the new podcast Instagram account that Ooh. I am in charge of. That I am think I'm gonna do an okay job of running, maybe. Uh, but you can follow that at Exiting Twenty Tens. Um, you can, uh, what else? Oh yeah, you can send us an email, uh, at exiting through 2010s at gmail.com. Oh, wait a minute. I, I didn't announce the next episode. That's, That's right. You didn't do that. <laughs> no worries. Oh my You've gosh. had a long day. Um, <laughs> ooh, okay, yes. It's Atomic Blonde, of course. The obvious. Oh, yeah. It's um, gonna be so good. Next step, from portrait from to- female gaze yeah. to bisexual lighting. <laughs> of course. Um. Emily Jacobson will be here. It'll be a blast um, next week. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. I interrupted you. No, it's fine. No, I'm. I, I want. Hey, Atomic Blonde. I'm here for it. I'm ready. I want to see James McAvoy be as neurotic as possible with the cast. That's all I want. Um, Excellent. And looking like and a we want bag. Some uh, You can send us, or you can send us a voicemail on Anchor. You can. Um, uh, yeah, send us an email at exiting2010s at gmail.com. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, give us five stars yada, yada, on any yada. podcast platform you're listening to us on to. We'd greatly appreciate it. Um, yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Please stay safe. You know, uh, get vaccinated. Wear, still wear your mask if you're not. Uh, be good to yourself. We're almost out of this thing. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we are. I don't know. I, I, I'm not a... Don't listen to me about that kind of stuff. I guess I... Listen to Fauci or someone. I, I think we're almost out of it, but I can't. I can't speak to it. Uh, please remember, trans rights are human rights. Stop Asian hate. Free Palestine. Black Lives Matter. We'll catch you all next time on Exiting Through the 2010s.